I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode of the Cold Popcha podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch, get up to two extra exclusive podcasts a month, give us something to talk about in the post-credit scenes at the end of each episode, or even contribute to the discussion in the episode itself, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash Kia ora and welcome. Welcome to Goof on Air. Goof on Air. We were just we were just doing our um our little pre-record banter, which is recommended to get us both in sort of the mood to mm. do a podcast. Uh, and Richard said we should start recording because I was being so goofy that he wanted to catch it on air. What was I saying, Richard? I was saying all sorts of goofy oh, jokes. Oh, you called me a predator. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what else? What did I, I just said, um, what, you know, why'd they have to call it aliens? Why did they have to make it mm. political? These are great all-timer gags that I did not get on mic. Yeah. I mean, if only we still had our failed web series ready to record, you know, maybe we, we could We do still have it. I guess we still have it. It's just not doing anything. Yeah, it just it failed. <laughs> no one wanted it. Welcome along, everybody, to Film Franchise Fortnite on the Cold Popshire Podcast. This is a podcast where Richard and, and myself, AJ, we watch and discuss a different film franchise every fortnight. But this time, and for the next three episodes, not fortnights, but weeks, we're getting a big multi-part franchise series it's one that i think has hung over our heads mm. since the podcast conception like a like a hangover like a hangover but it is not the hangover it's it's a podcast it's a franchise that uh feels like one of the last great uh, mega franchises we've yet to cover on this show mm. really yeah um, and we're covering it a little bit differently today because um mm. we actually uh, don't have, have a lot have of a time, time constraint <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh there's for reasons which maybe we'll go into later or if you're in the discord you might know about richard's actually flying down to christchurch to see me tonight mm. and so we gotta record this now for some reason <laughs> over over zoom uh before he gets on his flight that's not to say this episode will be any uh less quality i think especially because of the franchise I think be itself more quality yeah um and that franchise this week of course is the alien franchise which is part of the larger alien versus predator mega franchise which let's be honest the alien franchise very much wants to just be its own yeah. <laughs> i don't think it, i don't think it wants to fraternize with predator much these days well none of us want to fraternize with predators too much no that's true <laughs> except for the bloody republican party <laughs> and yet they seem to hate aliens yeah illegal hey, aliens there we go yeah. Um, yeah, so the, the, this episode will be a little bit different in the sense that, uh, Richard is 
gonna MC the first five the movies alien movies, and, and you're gonna do the prequel movies. The prequel. I movies. only did four movies, <laughs> so yeah. No, you're right. There's, there's only six. Yeah. No, true. Yeah. Yeah. So, what are those six all up? So, the six movies all up are Alien, directed by Ridley Scott, that came out in 1979. Then you've got Aliens, Mm. which came out in 1986, directed by James Cameron. Alien 3, or Alien Cubed, in 1992. Uh, It it, it is called Alien 3, but it's stylized as Alien Cubed. Yeah. And they came out in 1992, directed by. David Fincher, and then Alien Resurrection came out in 1997, directed by Jean-Pierre Jeunet, and then... Written by Joss Whedon, though. So yeah. if you did want to have those, like, four works from from four, like, somewhat influential uh, nowadays... Yeah. I mean, Jean-Pierre Jeunet made Amelie. Ah, there you go. Yeah. The, the similarities are brimming in Alien Resurrection. <laughs> And then, uh, after the series laying somewhat dormant for a long time, Ridley Scott himself, after doing diddly squat for the Alien franchise <laughs> in the meantime, um, did uh, a prequel series, uh, well, did a prequel film called Prometheus about, you know, where do we all come from? And then that was followed up by a sequel called Alien Covenant, which came out in 2017, also directed by Ridley Scott. Mm-hmm. Did so when you said diddly squat, was that intended to rhyme with Ridley Scott? Yes, ah, <laughs> but slow on the uptake here. <laughs> Ridley Scott did diddly squat. Wow, very good. Uh, I think, um, this is quite the uh, this is quite a big franchise, I think, because. Mm. Not only because it has so many names attached to it, but it feels like a lot of the tropes we we associate with franchises now come from from the, the sequel film. goes to space. The sequel goes. <laughs> they're in space of the second one. Well, I mean, you a- can't say they're not. Aliens, you know, famously being one of the few big budget sequels people consider to be on par, or perhaps even better than the yeah. original. Um, you've got a, a franchise which. Uh, dips almost majestically almost like like a like a swan diving beneath the, the surface of the water for food uh it majestically do- dro- drops in quality um uh, before we get like one of a more, a more modern um franchise mm. trope in a prequel series mm. um it's got it's got all the trimmings and not and that's not even accounting for its crossover movies and and the predator movies which we'll be covering mm. uh we'll do we'll do predator we'll be covering with them when we get to them do right? predator next week and then alien vs <laughs> predator to end the series on so we're not doing them in chronological release order because yeah both alien and predator had two movies released after the two alien vs predator movies yeah because when we did freddy vs jason oh, three it, movies for predator yeah when we did uh, freddy vs jason it worked out really well that we could do nightmare on elm street up to freddy vs jason then friday the 13th up to freddy vs jason then freddy vs jason and then the two remakes whereas i feel mm. like the connection between the post avp movies of each franchise are more tied to the existing franchises themselves and also as i said before i don't think it's our podcast we can do what we want so <laughs> i don't think we don't have to explain it i don't think avp is um 
particularly canon and i've never felt more at peace with with ranking uh connected franchises separately than this one because it doesn't feel mm. like they're really that canon with yeah each other. right on mm. right on dog thank you all right so the first film is called alien came out in 1979 as i said directed by ridley scott what do you think it has on rotten tomatoes i'll let you finish your little sip of coke zero sugar there thank you uh i would guess it has probably like 88 percent oh way off 98 percent okay i'd argue i wasn't way off couldn't couldn't be more wrong aj (laughs) could not be more wrong so yeah uh, alien was uh, it originally started there was uh, john carpenter's first film is like a sci-fi horror comedy sort of thing and one of the guys who worked on that sort of thought why don't we actually just make it a horror like why don't we have to make it, what if what if the aliens actually looked scary mm. and then uh yeah this it was you know pitched around shopped around it was uh said to be jaws in space nice and then after the success of star wars 20th century fox who were initially reluctant sort of thought oh okay well people actually do like sci-fi so let's move ahead with alien and then they released possibly one of the greatest teasers of all time for a film Mm -hmm. and one of the the greatest and most famous taglines for a film which as we all know is in space no one can hear you scream which joins joins the ranks of the the jaws uh uh mm. taglines which we discussed at length when we did the jaws series and i feel like this is a nice um closer on that uh mm. where it's like yeah the, these are in the in the valhalla of movie taglines it's jaws and alien well probably more jaws 2 and alien that are the the um just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water yeah just when you thought it was go safe back in the water and uh this time it's personal and and well i was winning the alien one in, in space no one can hear you scream are the two that because they maintain the setting of the respective films in their their taglines uh it means like they're endlessly parodied you know and you can mm. swap them around in space in water no one can hear you scream and mm. just when you thought, just it, when was you thought it was safe to go back in space <laughs> that should have been the alien three tagline <laughs> uh, so what is alien about it is about a a uh big spaceship called the nostromo carrying a a uh crew of what eight people i think mm-hmm. um and they are a mining vessel and they're on their way back to earth when they receive a distress signal coming from what looks to be a, a relatively desolate deserted planet um some of them go down onto this planet to 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 answer this distress signal i'm um, only to defi- to find an abandoned spaceship uh, and a nest of eggs and one of these eggs, which I've recently found eggs. out is a very funny word for a foreigners to hear us say, um, it it opens eggs eggs, um, it Ugs. opens and a creature jumps out onto one of the guy's faces. It injects something inside him. He gets back mm. on board, and it's cum. it's a there's a lot of cum in this movie, <laughs> whether literally amniotic fluid or just like a very interesting uh, design choice for some of its uh, for a very particular bit of law. Um, we'll, we'll get to it. <laughs> uh, and a, yeah, a, an alien, little baby alien, chest bursts out of this guy. Um, it runs away, d- rapidly grows into like this terrifying creature uh where it slowly kills off the cast 
one by one until only Sigourney Weaver is left. Well, he kills off the the characters they're playing in the film. I thought the actors died. <laughs> A lot of them have. Wow. Um, yeah, and uh, she survives. Her and the cat survive, and they get in an escape pod. But the alien's on the escape pod! You thought I was wrapping up the, <laughs> the synopsis? But she ejects it out into space. Um, also worth noting is that Ian Holm plays a android named Ash, but you don't know he's an android till it's revealed later on in the film um, when he goes, goes haywire and they have to kill him, and android blood is pearlescent and white. Uh, looks like something else and shows up a lot in all of the movies um and this uh you sort of learn that the company that they're working for which is called way wayland yutani uh mm-hmm. they actually know about the alien and the real mission was to bring a sample back um and that that's revelation while not resolved in this film um it hangs heavy over the entire franchise sort of very classily understated if anything in the first film yeah it's one of those things that i think a lot of people you know always talk about you know the wayland yutani and it's like this whole big thing like but i i i, I must have i never really followed much of the wayland yutani hmm. through line yeah it's one of those things that because it's it's a lot more subtle in parts than i think i thought it was sure that you um yeah it wasn't it's it's not as much as the forefront as i think it was, it's been made out to be mm. um in my years of consuming pop culture because it should be it's worth pointing out at this stage that across the next three weeks as we cover alien predator and alien versus predator mm. the only film i've seen in the, before this and that entire franchise of what is it 13 six alien films five and then yeah uh that was the only one i'd previously seen as alien mm. I watched it probably 10, 12 years ago. And you'd never heard of Wayland Yutani? No, no I'd, I'd heard of Wayland Yutani oh. endlessly. Oh, oh uh, that's what you that said, I, right. But then you saw watching the films, yeah. it's a smaller part of the films than I, th- yeah. than I think yeah. I thought it was. Um, yeah. yeah, what's your experience with this franchise? Uh, this, this, this movie? This movie? Um, I'd seen this one. I remember it was one that my... It was important law for my parents' early relationship. I think they went to see it together or something like that. Yeah um and so so if it wasn't for this movie they might not have had you uh i don't think the timeline quite works out there i wasn't born in 1980 um but but well they 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 might not have oh they might not have i thought you were saying my parents fucked while watching alien which is not true Um, no they fucked like multiple times after watching it (laughs) yeah for sure for sure dude for sure Uh, and so like when I was like my, one one of the coolest things my parents ever did was like show me scary movies when I was a little bit too young for them and I think it I think that's good for a person <laughs> they try to like get the, the fear of God into you <laughs> <laughs> um, no like so I think I would have seen Alien for the first time when I was maybe 11 or 12 uh, and uh, wow. by that point I feel like I was so desensitized by worse but more scary movies that i wasn't mm. um too too i mean to be fair it's it's on disney plus so how bad can it how be? bad can it be um i don't know if i'd properly seen it again since then i'm certainly very mm. aware of it you know i know i've in tw- twice in the last two years my flatmates have watched it and i've gone out of the room out of fear that we'll one day roll mm. um alien which funnily enough 
I watched Predator for the first time in 15 years about <laughs> about two weeks ago. <laughs> so it still happened. Um, so so still very aware of it. Um, and you know, I'd seen Aliens as well. Uh, but yeah, that was that was. I think I'd seen Alien vs Predator, but we'll get to that next week. Um, well, yeah, 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 get you here, stuff. Yeah. So so that that yeah, that was the that's my experience. Is sort of I understand mm. it as an icon of the genre. Mm. Now you mentioned in there the talking of icons of the genre. You mm. can't you can't go past the chest burster scene, which mm. is you know considered one of the all time great scenes, and not only you know horror and action or horror sci fi, but in in film. Mm. And, you know, that pretty famously was shot just in one take and the actors didn't know what was happening, so their reactions are genuine. Oh, wow. But did you know that that's not true? I barely <laughs> knew that was <laughs> even true. <laughs> yeah, so there's like this this long-held myth that, you know, they, they, they didn't know what was going to happen and then it burst through the thing and they went, ah, you know, and so mm. their reactions are genuine. What actually happened was that it was actually filmed it was filmed in two takes there's not this famous one take myth the first take it didn't get through his shirt Mm. or like so so john hurt is lying on the table and it bursts through his chest but the way it's actually filmed is that he's under the table you know and then there's sitting under it it's a a seminal backyard filmmaking move yeah exactly they do it in uh, friday the 13th as well so when kevin baker dies but they yes so he it, it in the first take it didn't burst through his shirt and so that take is actually used in the film because they uh, Ridley Scott sort of thought, oh, wait, it actually makes it look more vicious if it's like trying to burst through rather than coming straight through. Mm. Uh, but the thing that the the actors' you know reactions were genuine is that I think they didn't know the how much blood was going to be coming out. Mm. And so there is a little bit of like, oh shit, like there's more blood than I thought there was going to be. So mm. there is truth to the thing that the actors didn't know what was happening but it's not the they didn't know it was a chest burst it's in the script like yeah. fucking john hurt's character's not in the rest of the film like <laughs> yeah yeah nice so you mentioned as well the the design of the characters and you of the aliens specifically so the, the based did on I? the works of and uh, when, did, when yeah. did i mention that <laughs> uh you you did you've written you down in did. your notes aj will mention this so just call back to it <laughs> no you did you okay did. So go back, listen to the tape, do that little thing you do. Goes. I don't know when I would have, have said it. <laughs> I can't. When do. you were talking about the, when we were talking about cum. Ah, oh, I was talking about the android. How they, oh, they I, look okay, like cum. Right. Comes well, I think you talking about that the um the phallic the, imagery, the and, phallic and imagery. vaginal imagery. Yeah, yeah. And vaginal imagery, like it's Alien is based around the two scariest things known to man: a, a penis and a vagina. A, one far more scarier than the other, though. I would argue. Mm. Which one? Which no, one no, no. A gentleman never tells, Richard. <laughs> yeah, the uh, HR Geiger as well, by the way, is the sort of yeah. the mastermind behind the Geiger esque the, the works, which does not yeah, refer Geigerian. to when something is uh, vaguely radioactive. <laughs> a Geiger, <laughs> yeah. a Geiger counter actually beeps when it's near something that's like sort of vaginal in design. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it is this thing that it's like it's very intentional you know that it's this whole thing and the the whole film is about sex really that it's the the whole thing of what's the scariest thing that can happen to a man 
that he gets fucking penetrated mm. and pregnant. Yeah. You know, and so that's the whole face hugger thing. And you look at the face hugger, it's it's a big fucking vagina. It's a big pussy. Um, <laughs> and it, you know, clamps onto your face and then sticks this thing down your throat and impregnates you. And then so it's yeah, this vagina penetrating you and then it gives birth to a giant fucking dick out of your stomach so it's all very it's very sexual and i think as well it's a really good um it's a really good way to ease in young film buffs into imagery because you know the Mm. the galaxy brain meme how it's like like small brain is lol the alien looks like a penis bigger brain is like no it doesn't lol the other alien looks like a vagina (laughs) i was gonna say (laughs) that also works i was gonna say the bigger brain is like you know don't disrespect this incredible piece of art by saying it looks like a penis but the galaxy brain is like no it does look like a penis and that's what makes it a great piece of art Mm. because i remember growing up i went through those phases i maybe didn't clock that it's supposed to look like Mm. a penis because the the xenomorph the the like the the proper alien like you know once it's evolved from the chestburster thing the one that you picture when you think of the alien franchise is a giant penis yeah yeah. like on its head it's a giant phallic yeah and i i think it's yeah so growing up it was like initially thinking it was funny that that oh someone made a mistake here and now all the the effects look look like genitals whereas then Mm. you realize oh no it's all (laughs) very deliberate and very meticulous Mm, genitals are scary yeah 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 and i mean you say it's about sex and i'd say the the first four films any anyway um broadly are all about uh motherhood i guess in a lot of ways yeah and, and sex is yeah, obviously no. a crucial i mean obviously part. most explicitly like in the second one yeah 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 or the fourth one or the third one even mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the 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 design of the aliens like there's like none of the promotional material had it even mm. the the Alan Dean Foster who wrote the novelization wasn't even allowed to see what the alien looked like before it. So if you read the book, it's like uh, she was being stalked by a creature that didn't look like a penis. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's like, well, I can guess that it at least one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can. <laughs> yeah, well, we can fucking cross this off the list. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what do you think of the film? I mean, I think I I respect it maybe slightly more than I like love it. Um, I think right, yeah, interesting. I think and like 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 how you feel about like penises <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and vaginas. <laughs> I respect it. I, it. It demands respect. Um, mm. I think uh, for there, there's like the the two sides of how to think of it because on the one hand you can say oh what a what a scrappy achievement in filmmaking it's so cool to you know the the chestburster scene you can tell if you know anything about you know basic filmmaking that it's John Hurt under the table and they've built this mm. wonderful model and that's very charming um, but then on the other hand I think. Uh, and you know curse me throw me out into the vacuum of space for for going here going to. but i think some of the stuff hasn't aged as well you compare it to Get something something like um jaws open <laughs> um <laughs> you, you compare it to something like jaws where they like deliberately didn't show the shark and i'm sure and i think i've heard before that there are scenes cut from alien because they felt they were showing too much of the alien, mm. but even like what little they do show of it, I'm not sure 
It looks like a duck. What? No, it's not Not in terms of what it looks like. What it looks like is great. I'm talking about how it moves. <laughs> oh, is it, AJ? Yeah, 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 cool. Um, I'm talking about how, how it moves <laughs> yeah, cool. specifically. When the baby alien escapes from John Hurt's chest, it doesn't scurry away. It more looks like... So funny. It more looks like they've put a puppet on a skateboard and then, like, tossed the skateboard <laughs> away. Like, it looks really bad. Um, And not in, like, a way that you can kind of... Well, that I could kind of forgive. I also think... um. If this movie was made now, and this is a for better or worse statement, not a this would totally be better because I'm wary of mm. that. But Emma Stone would play Ripley, and when the chestburster scene <laughs> happens, she'd go, "Ah, uh, that happened." <laughs> no, I was gonna say like I feel like the alien would move more shadow-like or snake-like, like it'd be like, mm. like you know, like. Whereas now it's very clearly a very tall guy in a suit, sort of clomping around mm. in the suit that he yeah. doesn't. Oh, sorry, quite, sorry. Yeah, quite know how to how to wear. Like when um, ah, oh, what's the name of their captain? Who's the actor who plays their captain? Um, he kind of looks like um the dude from the the gift. Um, and... Harry Dean Stanton. No, no, no. I want to talk about that scene though. He was he played Uncle Owen. <laughs> oh, um. Joel Edgerton. He looks like Joel Edgerton. He's got he's another very famous actor. Read me the cast. Who's, who plays the captain? <sighs> so you got Tom Skerritt. Tom Skerritt. That's him. Yeah. When Tom, <laughs> when Tom Skerritt dies, it's in a. It's when he's trying to track the alien in the air vents, and they're like, "It's a, we can see it on the on the radar. It's right beside you." And it's a very scary scene. And then the reveal that it's there is he turns around and it's just the alien, the guy in the alien suit, and he does like jazz hands, and then it cuts away. And it looks so stupid. I'm sorry. Like I think it. I think so. These. I guess there's two arguments for it. On the one hand, I think it looks stupid that he moves in such a recognizably human way. But um, then on the other hand, I wonder if that is more Geigerian, more Geiger-esque to, mm. to be like, I recognize the humanity of this. And what's well, the, the um, uncanny Valley thing. Right? Perhaps, perhaps I think that it's like, this moves like a human, but looks like a giant penis. Yeah, exactly. I think maybe while the effects aren't as good in the sequels, I feel like maybe it moves better in the sequels. Maybe i don't know i say that i've played alien isolation and it moves like it does in this one um and i was i was always like huh that's really odd press x to jazz hands (laughs) you can't play as the alien that'd be dope (laughs) um the harry dean stanton his death scene i think is probably the scariest uh part in the film and he's the first crew member to die after the after john hurt um and he's they're looking around for what they think is the tiny little baby alien um, and he finds it's like shedded skin and he's like what the hell is this and then he what the dang heck he's looking for the cat because the cat's gone missing and they don't want the cat to interrupt their like motion detector um and he finds the cat and then the cat starts hissing at something behind him and you see like a tail move up and it's all mm. i can imagine seeing that in 1979 at a very premature time for like legitimately scary horror effects i can mm. imagine that being like life-changing that moment mm. you know um so that's that's that i think is the scariest scene and probably probably one of my favorite mm. scenes that's quite film. cool I, I read a thing about how they got the cat to like back up and and hiss mm. and it's like they i think put a treat in front of like a board kind of thing and hid like a dog behind it and so the cat was like approaching it and then they lifted it up and so it saw the dog and went and freaked mm. out that is cool because you know cats famously hard to work with but yeah, yeah. 
But boy, do I love them. Boy, does Jones star, star in this film. <laughs> Shine, yeah. I should say. Um, Jones the cat, my namesake. I recently found out my flatmate's sister has a cat named Ripley after Alien. And I was like, you know, there's a, a cat in Alien. There's a cat in Alien. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So what do you think of the movie? Do you like it? I do, yeah. I, I, I think what's sort of the big conversation we're going to have is like Alien versus Aliens. Because mm. that's... I feel like the the big thing, mm. but yeah, I do, I do like the film. It's it's good. Okay, mm. it's not great. No, I I think I'm the same as you that it's like, it's you know it's still like not perfect. But is that but imperfection also, make it better though? It's one of those situations. Maybe, it's like, maybe. I mean, it's a very well told story. It's very like mm. you know super influential and yeah no i mean like yeah it, it's great i don't know yeah it's it's one thing it reminded me of um is evil dead and for a very specific reason and maybe not the reason mm. you might immediately think and it's because mm. both alien and evil dead are movies which you know the lead actor is the lead actor because of the sequels but you could watch oh, yeah. three quarters of each movie and not know yeah, yeah. who the main character is intended to be because yeah. both uh bruce campbell and sigourney weaver are like one of a couple you know one of a dozen characters mm. until they're the only one left um and mm. if you watched alien knowing nothing about the series you wouldn't necessarily see ripley as the the lead for mm. a lot of it yeah no very sort of similar because it like it almost has like a fourth act as well which is like very like it's just ripley you know and yeah yeah no that's a good point because yeah i I wonder as well that like because because also one thing that i was reading about what ridley scott said is that for your kind of like normal slasher horror films of the time the cast is a lot older right yeah yeah and it kind of, and they, it almost kind of adds, like, it makes it a little bit scarier because, you know, you have teens going out and getting into all sorts of stuff. So uh, Sigourney Weaver is the youngest person in the cast at 28 in this film. Wow. The rest of the cast are like 30s, 40s, even 50s. And yeah, the, it's, you get the sense more that these guys are just workers the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm. Whereas, you know, when it's like teens, oh, they shouldn't go back to the lake, but they do because they love adventure and sex. It's like, no, these guys are just, they're there to do a job and they just get caught with this fucking shit. Mm -hmm. And no one has sex in this movie either. So, except for, I guess, the face huggers. Well, that's the thing. And and like, (laughs) I've seen this be referred to and similar to actually Evil Dead, which I thought you might say is that like, it's actually like, like this is like a rape film in the mm. same way of, as like I spit on your grave or something like that. And obviously, you know, evil dead has the same with the tree, mm. but it's, yeah, it's the same kind of thing. It's the same sort of like themes of, you know, your, your body being invaded. I remember when I saw the last duel last year, um, another mm. Ridley Scott film. And I was talking to a, a film buff mate of mine and I was still talking to him about how, like, I was so surprised that of all the directors, all the, you know, elderly directors in the world Mm. that like Ridley Scott could make a film, which is so like expressly feminist in in the last year. Like it, it makes no excuses and is like definitely on the side of the, the female character. And cause you know, Mm. you get all these like famous, old famous people coming out now and they'll reveal like these dicey opinions they hold about cancel (laughs) culture and stuff. And I was just saying like, Oh, it's cool that Ridley Scott, 
I guess is not one of them. Like he has other dumb views on millennials, but he's not yeah. like a, you know. And and he and the guy I was talking to was like, well, I mean, look at Alien. Look at you know, like look at all these other mm. things he's done. Where like it is, they're all being like expressly on the from the female perspective in a in a world that like has pushed females to you know out of the spotlight and 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 degraded mm. them. And and I think without being preachy and without like explicitly being about it in the text i think alien does a great job of portraying a very real female fear um i would Mm. assume not being a female but but yeah Mm. yeah yeah like i mean well there's nothing women fear more than a giant penis (laughs) that's probably true my experience that's probably Um, (laughs) 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 wow I like how that's like an insult and a compliment, both to like extreme degrees to yourself. <laughs> like you're saying, like I have a giant penis. However, it <laughs> terrifies women, women are fearful of it. Uh, <laughs> um, it's funny, like the idea. Of this, yeah, we're talking about feminism and and whatnot, but the because the 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 all the cast were all written the. The characters, sorry, were all written as men, but you know, with the idea that it's like they, any of them could actually be women, hmm. you know. And yeah, apparently it was down to Meryl Streep or Sigourney Weaver, but no Meryl shit. Streep was mourning wow. the loss of her partner John Cazale. Oh wow! From The Godfather. Imagine, but the, imagine Meryl Streep taking the what a different fucking career she'd have. <laughs> she yeah, played yeah. Ripley. Holy shit! But the. It is funny, and we talked and we talked about this during the week that like incels and pe- and you know the kind of people that are angry that the the Little Mermaid is black now that there's a female Ghostbusters mm. that like all they have <laughs> to like hang on to. I'm not sexist. I like Alien. Mm. Like that's all they have, and they're like, no, look, you like oh the Ghostbusters are shit characters. No, it's possible to have good female characters. Look at Ripley, and that's and and Sarah Connor as well. Mm. I guess is the other one that they have. But yeah, it's funny that they more so, I guess, in some of the sequels. But the sequels all still deal with motherhood. But I mean, I guess if we're trans, if we're going across to Aliens, that's a very sort of like that like hyper masculine kind of hmm. you know gunning shit down. But still, also you know has the whole motherhood thing with with Newt. But th- there was a lot of talk when Aliens came out about like Ramboette. Right, <laughs> that, like that her, her character, but it's like, yeah, it's they're they're sort of one example of a good female character is still an action 30, hero, 30 you know? years old as well, um, as mm. in the movies, 30, 30 years old, well, long, yeah, four, yeah. forty years old now. Um, mm. I think that I think that in in a vacuum, there's nothing wrong with a strong female character having like masculine attributes, but mm. I think this this incel argument falls apart when it's like. Oh, okay. Well, I also think like, you know, this character from like, like the main character of something like The Devil Wears Prada is a great yeah. female character, you know. And it's like, I, I really like that you that you <laughs> like couldn't think of one. <laughs> no, I was trying to think of like. No, a, there's a great female characters who are feminine. Well, I, I like, mean, um, this is this is also part of the problem is that like the term strong female character. It, it doesn't apply to to films which are maybe more subdued in nature, um, mm. and and like yeah, so there's nothing there's nothing wrong with having like masculine 
quote unquote strong female characters but it is funny it's like after all these years in sales after all these years you're still pointing to the same two female characters who like have and and like i bet their their reasons for liking them are because they shoot guns and not because mm. they're like incredible mother figures or you know like oh yeah yeah <laughs> and like and, and it's don't worry you're still in the first two at least you get to see or maybe even three i can't remember mm. the, um you get to see Ripley in like a very small singlet and her underwear. Mm, and do, so do you know like, an alien? They had to do some very early uh, CGI work to mat out her pubes because Sigourney <laughs> Weaver refused to shave. And there's like a um, a DVD commentary or something from Ridley Scott where he's just real pissed off about it. Like we spent weeks in post production trying to remove her fucking bush because she refused <laughs> to shave for us, which is like. Still a great feminist anecdote. I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's funny. So, yeah, do you want to move on to aliens? Mm, sure thing. And uh, we keep in mind we are under a time crunch. Yeah. Uh, so, what, how four, long do we have? I thought, I thought you had. Do you have till four, or do you have till after four? Well, I I have a lot of stuff I need to do before I fly. I want to leave to the airport at five. Okay, so I'll we'll be, be done recording by four. Okay, we could try. <laughs> so it's two thirty now, see, folks. Just for context. So if we spend an hour and a half total talking about the next five films, that's why. So aliens, yeah. The, we, there's a segment we sometimes forget to do called French Wise, mm. which is and fortunately that's, that's for, segment for we us, sometimes forget to do. <laughs> Yeah, we fortunately for us, there's actually a fun anecdote about ah, I can this becoming a franchise. Recite it for you off my heart. This is <laughs> this is plastered all over IMDb and Wikipedia. Yeah. And- so the 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 theory goes, or the the rumor goes, that while pitching this film, his pitch ins- consisted entirely of. James Cameron, sorry, yeah. Consisted entirely of walking into a room, writing the word alien on a whiteboard, and then adding an S, Mm. and then changing that S into a dollar sign. And then they were so amazed with it, they they greenlit the film. Now, that's not quite what happened, (laughs) but someone uh, last year asked James Cameron about it and asked if it was true, and he said, yes, it's true. It just popped into my mind at the moment. It was actually on the back of a script or some kind of presentation document. It might have been the treatment. I can't remember. I was sitting with the three producers. We were in the office of the then head of 20th Century Fox, and I said, guys, I've got an idea for the title. It goes like this, and he wrote Alien in large block letters and then put an S on the end. I showed it to them. I said, I want to call Aliens because we're not dealing with one. Now we're dealing with an army, and that's the big distinction. It's very simple, very graphic, and I said, but here's what it's going to translate to and then i draw two lines through it to make it a dollar sign that was my pitch apparently it worked because they went with the title they never questioned it so he actually pitched the entire film mm. and this oh my god they they were sold on it was just for the title mm. yeah i mean that makes sense um i am like french wise wise <laughs> i am i am like curious as to how like how does james cameron uh you know get the job to do alien too yeah because when when he when they started having these discussions he had made one film and that was piranha 2 oh had he not made <laughs> terminator yet? he hadn't made terminator yet but by the time he was given the directing job he had made terminator and that was what they said okay right he made terminator but he got the sort of um he got the into the discussions because it was rambo 2 script 
as I was like for for writing it. Oh um, right, yeah, and of then course. He also got signed on to direct it after the success of Terminator, and I think you know that really sort of trusted them with make it like an, an action movie and mm. stuff. But yeah, uh, so yeah, Aliens 1986, sorry, directed by James Cameron. What do you think it has on Rotten Tomatoes? The last one had ninety eight. Keep in mind, let's go ninety five. This one also has ninety eight. No kidding. Interesting. Yeah. So what's that makes me about? so happy. This one is about <laughs> um uh so Ripley at the end of the last film she got in a a, a freeze pod to fall asleep mm. for however long. She gets picked up some fifty seven years later, um Oof. by the Bureau Federation of Human Space Travel or some shit. Um, <laughs> and they're, they're like, they're, they're not sure if they should believe her because they're like, all we see is that you're the lone survivor of a ship carrying trillions of dollars of ore uh, that you have mm. freely admitted to self-destructing yourself. Um, and she finds out that there is a colony of humans on the planet where they found the alien and they haven't had been able to contact them for whatever reason. And so she's like, something's going down. So she is coaxed into joining a group of soldiers um, who uh, go down to this, this planet to see what's going on. They indeed find that it's been ravaged by the aliens. They find a, a young 12-year-old girl named Newt who Ripley takes under her arm um, and and is essentially a surrogate mother for. Um, all the characters, who I, I'll point out now, are like, what a fucking excellent cast of secondary characters this film has. Mm. Um, and it makes every other film in the franchise look embarrassing by comparison. Um, <laughs> uh, they all, you know, everyone gets killed off one by one until uh, it is it is just a few of them left and Ripley has to fight the queen alien um, mm. and she kills all her eggs. The Qualian. There's, there's a scene where um, where uh, Newt has been captured by the aliens and taken to the queen and Ripley, uh, you know, there's a time pressure and everything. The planet's about to be nuked. She goes to the nest and she's walking through all these eggs and she looks up at the queen and the queen you know, it looks threateningly at her and there's aliens from either side and she points the um, the flamethrower she's got at the eggs and looks up at the alien queen and the queen sort of squawks and the other aliens like back off because they're communicating, you know, like, you do this, I'll blow up your eggs. And Richard, this passes the Bechdel test. <laughs> this is two <laughs> named female characters talking about something other than a man, communicating about something other than mm. a man. Um, what, what if all those eggs were male though oh my god <laughs> never mind um and they never mind this film is sexist <laughs> and so she gets newt back um and they they blow up the planet and get back to um to the the home base and the, the like ship but the alien queens followed them um and and ripley gets in a previously established mech suit uh very classily done we see it earlier in the film <laughs> we see that ripley can drive it it's it's a it's a it's like a, a quintessential chekhov's gun scene i think mm. those mechs um and she says get away from her you bitch uh, which also passes the bechdel test um <laughs> and they they fight and the queen alien gets sucked out a uh the the what do you call it? the airlock Mm. Uh, and then um, the survivors who are Ripley, Newt, one of the soldiers, and a Hicks, a Hicks and a um, 
a android named bishop played by um fuck lance hendrickson lance hendrickson um and he's been torn to pieces uh, but they get into the ship and go into hypersleep ready for their next adventure to come <laughs> next movie which uh, will probably involve one or more aliens <laughs> possibly cubed we don't know at this stage <laughs> so the the golden question the million dollar question the thing that everybody tuned in to the cult pop show podcast this week to know hmm. aj hmm. is aliens better than alien so i think that uh from a purely like enjoyability uh like because everyone's always like the first one's a horror but the second one's more of an action film and i think because of that i think i prefer aliens i think i think it's just more fun i think there's less the the whole the the flaws i was nitpicking at with the first one i don't think are present here i think the aliens are scarier in this one when they're like crawling Mm. upside down on the roof and stuff and and i think that's all very terrifying um i think you know ridley scott has probably got higher highs than James Cameron as a director, but hmm. I think that Aliens is probably better. That's my hot wow. take. Depends what you want. I... Do you want meticulous horror or do you want meticulous action? And I think maybe horror, meticulous horror, is more well respected than meticulous hmm. action. Um, True. Maybe they I shouldn't mean, be. this. Uh, very interestingly, this this was a surprise to me. Sigourney Weaver was nominated for an Oscar for Aliens. Really, I didn't know that at yeah. all. Wow! And like you know, the, the Academy doesn't tend to respect horror movies, yeah. sci-fi movies, or action movies, or sequels, <laughs> or women, <laughs> <laughs> or sequels. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah, but I, reviews were kind of mixed at the time. Mm. But no matter what anyone had to say about the film, they praised the. F- ever living fuck out of Sigourney Weaver mm. and yeah so so my answer to the alien versus aliens debate I think having seen alien before like I I feel like I need to watch aliens again as mm. kind of my answer to to the question that I think my initial response like if, if like as soon as I'd finished aliens I would have said, I think people probably forget how slow the first half of Aliens is because, like, there's no aliens for, like, over an hour into the film, about an hour into the film. Mm. And I think I was expecting a balls-to-the-wall non-stop action Mm. film from this. And then not getting that, the first hour of the film, I was kind of like, all right, where's this going? And it's, it's, it's a slow build. And in an action film, you you know, when you're expecting all this action, you don't want a slow build. But in a horror film, you do want a slow build. Mm. And so I can forgive more. It, on first watch, I can forgive Alien being slower because it's building tension. Whereas in Aliens, I'm like, get to the get to the bang bang, you know? I see. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, 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 I will say for now, I prefer Alien, but that could change on a rewatch. Mm, nice nice um i love as i said before i love the secondary cast in this um i think Mm. lance hendrickson's great as uh bishop i think uh uh bill paxton is like it's it's such a it's got such a legacy his performance this is the 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 game over man game over that like and that line not only that line but like that cadence of speaking i feel like has like become a mainstay in 
the like the stock standard military character like or troop character i don't know what i'm trying to say i guess it's just it's just a very familiar performance i think my dad picked up a lot of this character and his personality um and would say (laughs) things like game over man all the time um and i think that's part of why it feels so so iconic to me it's also like the game over man game over is like there's some like very early internet meme that used that sound is there yeah like you're the man now dude like something like that used that piece of audio and i think that really mm. for our generation all, i mean all it your base are belong I... to us is it that <laughs> all your base are belong to us man <laughs> but yeah i remember like a a weird like website that you know the 404 page like was that was, like there's something somewhere in the annals of internet history that um that 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 came to me it's ad-libbed as well that line right there you go that's great that's a great line and i feel so sad that he's one of the many many characters who meet their demise because he's so desperate to not die it's really sad (laughs) but then also like he i feel like if i was to pick any flaw with the film i feel like um hudson who's the character um that bill paxton plays his his death is mostly off screen and i feel like you've established such a like idiosyncratic character that he did like because like um vasquez and the dude so you've got this this very um this this butch woman <laughs> i'd say um, that because she's, she grew up with with 18 brothers yeah so she, she's, she's very much a, a tropey character as well and sort of her her there's another guy soldier who's you know quite chummy mm. with her they die in quite a heroic like sacrificial way where they they blow each other up um to to destroy a bunch of aliens whereas um hudson just gets dragged under the floorboards and you don't see him again and i thought that was that was a shame i feel like that character deserved a more um a more heroic ending i guess and it's also because you've also got um the 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 suit that um you know betrays them in the end which i thought was such a great character and there's the moment where they're talking about um you know we got to get off this planet and we got to nuke it and he's like whoa 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 there's like trillions of dollars of worth of resources down here and my flatmate was like yes <laughs> like because you just need <laughs> these characters and movies like this the, the mayor and jaws is another example where it's like mm. the capitalist bureaucrat like being like no 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 we have to make the worst decisions because there's money involved mm. um and i think it's yeah, so essential like, and you gotta have them like in this. real life as well <laughs> yeah you've got to <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it's worth noting as well, like into you know our, our podcast about franchises? This is our second James Cameron sequel. I mean, this is he, mm. in this case he didn't direct the first one, but it's, Terminator yeah. Two I would comfortably say is better than Terminator One. Oh yeah, Terminator Two is better than ninety nine percent of movies. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. And and I think, this is also our second franchise to feature a character named Newt and the actress Catherine Waterston. Is it really? What are the others? Uh, well, Newt Scamander. Ah, right. um, and his love interest is Catherine Waterston. Oh my god! I didn't even realize that was her. That's so funny. Yeah, she's in Covenant. Yeah. Uh, so the um, the what was I going to say? The, I think I like. Usually when people talk about what makes a good sequel, I feel like it's um, 
you know it's the opposite of what a lot of people think you know there's go deeper not bigger there's there's like mm. do you mm. got to do new things you've got to do interesting things but both james cameron's revered sequels that are out at the moment there's another one coming later on this year which we'll we'll have to see but both <laughs> terminator 2 and aliens are both examples of just flat flat out going bigger and just increasing like mm. it's it's i think he's an interesting director when it comes to talking about sequels because he seems to make all the dumb meathead decisions that usually result in terrible sequels but mm. he does them and they stick in in the zeitgeist for for 30 years you know like and i wonder what what he does that's different to other people who make yeah he's just sequels. a good director do you think that's all Could it is is it, is it the cor- yeah. characters is it the um it's it, it's 100 the characters like, yeah yeah which which is interesting because i think the characters in um avatar are so famously unmemorable mm, yeah true that um you know we'll we'll see how avatar two goes avatar but the <laughs> <laughs> but the well, he could have called terminator say. two terminators you can apply yeah. this to like any like 80s franchise mm. predators yeah but the it is funny that because the, the alien vs predator was one of these ones that's talked about for a long time and they sort of said you know that's what we want to build towards and i think there was at some point james cameron was sort of asked to return to the franchise and there was like yeah we're going to be building to an alien vs predator and he was like that's the stupidest fucking idea i've ever heard i've I want written nothing down to do with this franchise anymore. <laughs> yeah i've written down and then uh, but then he's like oh, i actually quite liked alien vs predator <laughs> oh, did he really yeah yeah he admitted he quite liked it but he's like nah i still don't want to come back <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny um what so i reckon like the newt stuff and uh, is there a deleted scene or is there an extended cut of this movie where it's revealed that ripley had a daughter that has now grown up and died because i remember watching this movie before and there's a scene which establishes that while she was in hypersleep her her daughter passed away um, and this right, yeah. and this provides a, an emotional context for why she's so attached to Newt, um, because that yeah, I, yeah there 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 is yeah yeah because I keep waiting for that scene but I guess the Disney Plus version doesn't have and I think it, it adds a lot to the character yeah so the, this is one that as well people people asked us like which cut are you doing of each film it's like whatever one's the <laughs> the one <laughs> like but yeah there are extended cuts of um, and I think. Yeah, there was there, there was a box set released that sort of did like director's cuts of of all the films except for the third one because David Finch has disowned the film. So there, but there's an assembly cut that's called of that. Uh, one. He said, okay. he said, oh, you can do it if you want to, but you can't call it a director's cut. Nice. That's that's very telling when you get those box sets. It's like the director's cut, the director's cut, the assembly cut. <laughs> it's just a premiere. It's, it's just a premiere timeline. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I mean, well, how much, what else do you have to say about aliens? It's interesting. This this one continues that sort of theme of of motherhood. I mean, it's it's most explicit in this one. And I think I think uh, there is, and I'm gonna sound like I'm like just pointing something out or or i'm trying to sound woke or whatever but like i think there is something that's really compelling to me about the climax between ripley and the queen because it's two um it's cat fight it's two mothers right mm. it's two mothers and when you think about it why is is ripley we haven't seen that kind of thing since bad moms <laughs> why why is ripley the one we're rooting for i mean you know like 
the mm. alien queen is maybe just as like valid and and her motivations um and out of the the two queens who have died in in my world in the last <laughs> couple of weeks i got to mm. say the alien queen is the one i feel the most sorry for <laughs> because mm. this is this is an example of like like it's it's just it really is just we identify with the human characters because they're human like mm. you know and we, as oh yeah i mean yeah we need to get an alien on the podcast and ask mm. whom they identified mm. with yeah in the film they'll but be like the, well obviously the movie wants to me to identify with the human characters because the alien characters are presented narratively as the villain and that's actually more damaging to our representation than anything else <laughs> yeah well what do you think about like the fact or that or they'd go <laughs> <laughs> they'd, kill, they'd just kill us <laughs> but the the well, yeah, what do you think of this this thing that like the aliens and aliens and the like the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park are like all female that it's like it, it's almost kind of like a trope of this kind of thing that it's like sure yeah the the man versus creature the creature tends to be female. Well, I think in nature, the the queen or the, the female mm. often, for some reason, humans excluded, ends up being like the big heavyweight. <laughs> you don't see that a lot <laughs> in, in humans. But like, Whereas look, with humans, it's us. Look, look at like bees, how they have a queen bee and, and even, or mm. like the ang- Yeah, I mean, I guess it is just like reflecting nature kind of thing. Mm. But and I, I think as well that we we understand the maternal instinct of like of nature and mm. that that it's it's one of the the purest animal instincts is to like protect your children mm. and so it's probably something around that right yeah sure yeah yeah totally i think um i think that's gotta be it is that it's 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 a internal it's, it's a shorthand it's what right. but it's also like a touchstone between creatures and you don't need to question why and and seemingly just a, a rampant animal is out after revenge. If you say, "Oh, it's the queen," and we saw Ripley mm. blow up its eggs, it's like, well, you know, I get it. Shouldn't have blown up her eggs. It's like, yeah, let's fucking <laughs> blow up the species, which is not very like um, nature conservationist. It's it's not mm. a very yeah nature conservationist message in this film because it's like, yeah, 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 let's nuke the planet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I feel like you know that's, yeah, maybe maybe that's just what woke looks like in the future. Mm, blowing up animals that threaten us. Because I mean, you were you were quite happy about the death of our queen. That's true. And now you and now you're criticizing Ridley for wanting to kill a queen. I guess I'm not not a very good nature conservationist either. <laughs> mm. Interesting. I just I just think I'm just asking questions. I just yeah, think yeah. it's funny how you. Uh, I don't care. I, that, that's the best one like i don't have an opinion i just think it's i think i think there's crazy on both sides <laughs> i actually think the truth lies somewhere in the middle <laughs> so now we're moving on to a little film called alien 3 or stylized as alien cubed and the the hilariously the um the poster promises three times the suspense three times the danger and three times the terror but then uh cubed isn't multiplying something by three so <laughs> there's also only one alien in it yeah so. <laughs> i guess two technically well i guess you know we're actually the, the alien to them so. oh god <laughs> so yeah alien three had a pretty uh tumultuous production there's a bunch of different 
scripts if you watch the original teaser trailer it's very similar to the trailer for the first film and it says in 1979 we discovered in space no one can hear you scream in 1992 we'll discover on earth everyone can hear you scream now you might be thinking mm. this does feel very relevant to the film and you're right because it's not mm. that the, the, they don't go to earth also shit shit turn a phrase on earth everyone can hear you scream okay i i can't like yep. i will can't hear everyone <laughs> scream but the yeah there's like a few different scripts some of which have leaked online william gibson eric red and david tui all wrote scripts but the sort of most famous unused one is william gibson's script which is um is this the wooden ship one uh no it's not actually Ah, oh, there's one that was going to be set yeah, on a wooden yeah, ship. Yeah. Um, it's this one. Uh, Gibson mockingly subbed it up as space commies hijack alien eggs, big problem in mall world. But that's been adapted as like, um, it's adapted into a comic series in 2018. They also did an audio book version of the script, and uh, there's going to be another. There's a novel written. Um, or it says in 2021 we'll see we will see another adaptation of it so i don't know if it actually happened but yeah what, as you mentioned what's it also, called? uh william gibson's alien 3 oh wow and yeah the what you're referring to is vincent ward uh, envisioned a planet whose interior was both wooden and archaic and in, in design where luddite light monks would take refuge and it's mm. uh yeah that, that was another one that a lot of people sort of really liked and then they ended up taking elements from various ones vincent ward was replaced with david fincher who was um music video director at the time this is his directorial debut and mm. he wanted gary oldman to star in the film but they couldn't work it out and then so what is the film that we get about i feel like david fincher directing this film was like a mandela effect kind of thing where it's like i found out very late in life that <laughs> david fincher directed alien 3 um this one is about so the the ship that we last saw our main characters on um something goes wrong on it and of course and it, it bloody up, does it ends up the the pod they're in crashes into the water surrounding a like deserted prison um on this planet uh, they, they, the prison has twenty five uh, inmates who uh, still live there because they they converted to a religion that's somewhere between Christianity and space wizardry, um, and they decided not to leave. And there are three people who work as custodials at this this prison that are not prisoners themselves um and the the custodial characters they dig up well they 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 fish out i should say this escape pod um to see what who's survived and guess what everybody oh newt (laughs) survived it's it's just ripley it's just ripley she's the only survivor um in what is one of the the most coldest moves i think i've ever seen a sequel do we're shown like a computer screen where it's like subject 12 year old girl deceased and it's like oh jesus christ (laughs) what the hell it was one of the only things i knew about the movie going in i remember watching years ago watching some kind of special feature or maybe it was like just like a tv documentary on the alien franchise and it went into alien 3 and people were like god after all the themes of aliens to then just immediately kill off newt was 
it was heartbreaking and i don't think audiences recovered from that for the whole film mm. so i knew i knew going into it that it was like this really i controversial had no move. idea wow it must have been devastating no, um, i didn't really care the newt was newt, newt sucked <laughs> um so ripley gets aboard and 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 like you know learns that learns that she you know the, these people these inmates are not to be messed with and you're coming to get picked up um and she's really trying to figure out what's happened to the ship how how it crashed uh and what eventually transpires is that there was an alien or a face hugger that that crept on board um and the inmate's dog gets attacked by the say this face hugger and so now an alien dog hybrid is running around um and by the end of the film a bunch of characters have died and there's still but there's still a, a bunch left ready to kill the alien they they can con- concoct like a home alone-esque plan <laughs> of how to trap it and kill it um but then ripley discovers that she in fact also is pregnant with one of these aliens um awesome. and it ends it ends after they kill the main alien it ends with um members of Wayland yutani showing up to try and take her back but because she doesn't trust them and she thinks that they're just going to want to you know do something with the alien she uh nosedives well no she backflips into <laughs> a a pool of molten metal mm. <laughs> nasty way to sacrifice yourself um and as she's falling the chest burster bursts out the alien bursts out of her chest and she sort of maternally cradles it as they both fall into the molten metal mm. destroying the the last alien that they would have access to but then don't worry um, she sticks her thumb up and does a thumbs up out of the, <laughs> the molten liquid oh no wait i'm thinking of terminator 2 which came out one year earlier and nice. apparently they originally uh, envisioned it ending like that and then thought ah we shouldn't do that because terminator 2 just came out <laughs> It still ends pretty close. To, <laughs> can't imagine how much closer you could have made it. <laughs> um, I wrote this in my letterboxed review for it, but one thing that really surprised me about this film is you literally have 25 nameless, faceless, identical characters mm. and yet the order in which characters are killed off is genuinely surprising <laughs> because of the three of the three um so I think maybe three or four inmates get killed before they work out what's going on. When they work out what's going on, um, Charles Dance, who plays the uh, the the you know basically the only good guy on the mm. on the planet, one of the who, good ones, um, him, him and him and Ripley hook up. Um, he gets he then gets killed. Then who I thought was like the main antagonist, who was the warden, gets killed. And then the one custodial left is like just the right hand man of the warden and he <laughs> survives like quite far into the movie along with like 80 percent of the remaining inmates and i was like what a strange way to do it and you can say oh it's cool that it's unpredictable but i can't help feel like it would be a lot better if charles dance was around for that second act but that being said the um se- actually no i was gonna say the opposite the the first half of this movie with charles dance is i thought was more compelling than i was expecting mm. while the end drags on for quite a long time yeah, right. um so the question of whether or not i liked it i think it's uh i can definitely see some some there's gold in them there hills i think there's ah, some really good ideas in it in a while. um i think that for what i thought was just an afterthought an irresponsible narratively irresponsible afterthought and killing newt it does uh take up 
like a lot of the movie's emotional space um and is is pretty much based around newt dying which if you're going to kill off a character i respect that a lot more because then it's like you know because it'd be very easy to see it as like well they wanted ripley by herself so they killed off all the fodder but i don't think you could say it's that because i think newt's death like dramatically affects uh ripley's character and it also like plays into the continuing and ever-evolving theme of motherhood in these films because when she dives into the molten metal at the end and she she the chest burster bursts out and she cradles it i was like okay so they're clearly still going for something here and Mm. it's almost like a inverse view of motherhood because she's cradling her baby as she kills it and it's almost like ripley is like being maternal for planet earth by by killing this threat that mm. this company wants to wants to bring back you know and so i guess i can't necessarily quite articulate it but there is still some good thematic work being done there and i think i enjoyed this more than i thought i would however there <laughs> is very a very f- <laughs> no and there is a very funny line of dialogue that i actually googled um and found a reddit thread based around it uh, because someone was like um hey uh this is the worst line of dialogue i've ever heard (laughs) (laughs) which is when um it's towards the start of the third act where ripley is trying to basically inspire the soul the the prisoners to fight back against the alien um despite the fact that they're all like chicken don't want to do it um and she's so she's giving them like a motivational speech and she says um I should preface this by saying, like, my flatmates and I have a joke where you, like, combine levels of swear words. So, like, you might be like, fucking heck, you know, because it's like, heck is such a censored swear word. And this is an example of that, I think, where Ripley says, what she's talking about, talking to the soldiers about the the, um, rescue team that's coming to get her. She says, what makes you think they're going to care about a bunch of lifers who found God at the ass end of space? You really think they're going to let you interfere with their plans for this thing? They think we're crud. And they don't give a fuck about one friend of yours that's died. Not (laughs) one. (laughs) <laughs> this is so funny they think we're crud and they don't give a fuck <laughs> it's so funny it's so funny i thought it was so good <laughs> um do you think that because because it's interesting yeah, this, this film it's it improved apparently by an assembly cut but yeah do you think there's there's improvement in this film i mean there there is enough good stuff there right but i think the the assembly cut by the sounds of it just adds more in which i because like the director's cut of alien and blade runner are both shorter than the theatrical cut right, they add stuff yeah. in but they take stuff out to accommodate for it hmm. yeah i don't know i guess like that, are you asking like basically like is there anything salvageable is it rotten to the core movie? is it i think it might be it's not that bad but i don't think were I tasked with making an Alien 3, mm. I think the thing, the place this movie goes wrong is that it, it went, well, let's try get back to the horror of Alien mm. instead of the action of Aliens. And it's like, maybe the better direction would have been to go to go in a, in a different, like, f- trample into a new genre, whatever that mm. may be. And because I don't think, like, it... I don't think it's better than Alien, and if it's trying to be Alien, well then what's the point? I think um, 
in direct contrast to aliens as well like the the background characters in this are horrible like there's charles dance is okay but like the one of the um prisoners who becomes like a main character literally introduced himself as a rapist of women and mm. it's like well what do you want from me then like how am i supposed to care that this <laughs> character is in life-threatening situations i guess pete Postlethwaite, mm. isn't it um playing a pretty unremarkable unremarkable role yeah, um and there's our, also our second like bad sequel bad <laughs> like to a classic film to one of the greatest yep. films ever made starring people yep. that came out in the 90s what do you think of this film all up did you like it uh i think it's one of those classic i think it was made out to be worse than it maybe is like there is yeah, some yeah. stuff in there like you say there's some good stuff in there but i i i was under the impression that three and four were you know complete write-offs absolute crud essentially mm. and, that, and we shouldn't give a fuck about them yeah I, yeah but i yeah, there is enough in there that i was somewhat entertained uh the move to a cgi alien is interesting mm. as well and it's doesn't look very good <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it is yeah. also actually I've, I've said many times that david fincher is is one of if not my favorite director but yeah it's 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 funny sort of trying to see the fincherian yeah trying to see fincher in it yeah mm. i couldn't i couldn't really see his his a little bit of the color grade I, I noticed it's like ah, the grimy yeah. sort of color grade but the yeah okay the yeah he, he's disowned the film completely and has turned down any any invitations to recut it or anything like that the assembly cut is based on an earlier cut of the film so it is still his like you know his vision i guess but uh, it's weird to think you know this was his directorial debut so it's like how does he still have a career but Mm. apparently it was um sigourney weaver was very publicly and very angrily sided with david fincher against 20th century fox and uh one of the producers didn't respect the management at fox and he offered fincher a new project a few years later and that was seven so you know, and then the rest was history. But, so it's like he had a couple of people who were like, no, this guy has something, but he was just fucked over. Because, you know, normally they just go, well, that movie's a piece of shit. You know, you, you'll never work in this town again. Do you reckon the reason that so often the third film in a franchise is where it goes off the rails do you reckon it's because a franchise that gets two movies in while still being in good faith studio interference becomes more of a thing Hmm. because studios are like well now we've got an even bigger like quality powder keg on our hands so they interfere more and that results in your alien cubes and Hmm. the like you know It, it is crazy though just like I mean, there's surely there's there's dozens and dozens of less publicized stories of studio interference that worked out right. Hmm. Because, I mean, you know, when a movie goes well, no one questions it. Mm, When a movie's bad, everyone goes, well, what happened? They got fucking execs stepped Mm, on. Yeah. 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 There's a probably, uh, you messaged me about it and I I agreed and and individually, um, independently thought of this as well. Mm. There's a pretty crazy impressive practical mm. effect that happens in this movie did you want to talk about that yes yeah, this guy's face is fucking like half blown off <laughs> <laughs> but the yeah he's still like talking but his, his face is like pulsating and his eyeball was like pulsating and it's, it's so it's 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 bishop who's the android played by lance hendrickson mm. um he because he survived 
they they tossed him into the into the trash heap but he's an android so she brings him back but he's all mangled and yeah it's it's like it's like the combination of like one half of his face is like clearly still him and he's able to talk mm. and and have a conversation the other half is like you know completely disintegrated but it's genuinely i mean look it up if you haven't seen it but it's like probably genuinely one of the most astonishing practical effects i've ever seen in my life what because i don't i think it's 100 percent an animatronic and they've just provided lance hendrickson just provided voiceover for it i don't think it's like i don't think it's like a situation with john hurt chestburster where they've done half his face under and put him under the table i think i think it's sold with the the lip sync the 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 over still those but it does it does look cool and what's better any any fakeness that you could detect mm. is like well he's an android Damn. like it's it is it, he is a a a product he is a machine so that's you know any any glitches maybe they're intentional you know mm. um yeah i thought that was awesome as well yeah i'm wondering uh one other thing i'm wondering if you thought was awesome hmm. alien resurrection oh yeah <laughs> it came out okay. of, uh, five years later the shortest mm-hmm. gap between alien sequels and wow. uh yeah 1997 directed by, as i said by jean-pierre Jeunet, who as you know uh, directed amelie as well but he what, what do you think this one has on rotten tomatoes what did alien 3 have oh yeah uh, what would you guess 50 uh 46 yeah okay this one's got to be like 30 percent this one actually has 54 percent. it's higher higher than like on 3. almost every like a metacritic imdb like it's all it's all higher wow yeah. i think i can maybe i don't necessarily agree but i got some idea for how it could rank all that score well i think it's one of those things that i mean they're, they're kind of on par in a way they're like this one commits some classic cardinal sins of like a resurrection film uh, or like that that sort of stereotype of of sequel but um i mean halloween resurrection's a classic one mm-hmm. i think it's that thing of like alien 3 was the first bad one so people hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Fuck this garbage. And then by the time another bad one came out, they were like, oh, well, you know, the, the, their memory of Alien 3 was this, you know, catastrophic fall from grace. And then mm. this one's like well, on par or maybe slightly better than the last one. And so they go, oh, you know mm. what? <laughs> mm. Yeah, interesting. What's it about? Yeah. Uh, all right. So get ready for some bullshit plot mechanics. Mm-hmm. Um, so 200 years later on a... Um, on a a ship <laughs> uh ripley has been cloned what that's uh, wh- bullshit why from blood samples that were taken off screen in alien 3 <laughs> um why is she cloned because i because think- we want sigourney weaver in the fourth one <laughs> yeah i think it might be because they cloned her the version of her that was pregnant mm. with the alien and they want to get yeah. the alien back yeah. 
isn't that insane? Isn't that such a leap to think that's how to do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That we need to clone. Because when you clone something, you aren't cloning like the state it was in. Mm. You're not, you're, you're, you're growing like a, a genetic double, not like, mm. you know, if, if Ripley had like, um, a hat on. A, a hat on, or a haircut on, <laughs> is, is that going to come up in the clone as well? It's so funny. It's such a contrived way to get Ripley back because, come on, you could probably just clone the alien. Mm. Um, anyway, she's also partially alien, mm. or she has, like, acid blood now. Yeah, well, because they, I, I presume it's supposed to be that, like, oh, by cloning her like that, they got part alien DNA and part, you know, like a fly yeah, right. situation. Yeah, and they they remove the alien from her belly and use that to grow about five. No, they say they. I think they have three fully grown aliens towards the start of the film, mm. um, and then a ship called the Betty um, docks. This ship was supposed to be um, uh, a bunch of was it scientists or something like that, or um, some fucking or, nerds shit. But it's been but it's been taken over by mercenaries who made a deal with this dodgy mothership um, to use its occupants as uh, test subjects for the the face hugger aliens they've got, um, and so all this happens. There's eventually they say there's twelve aliens aboard the ship, um, and then they all break out. And Ripley, who's half alien, uh, joins the joins the crew, which consists of Ron Perlman, um, Tuco from Breaking Bad, <laughs> and uh, Winona mm. Ryder, um, who ends up being an android. The, the your android reveal for, quota reached, um, and it's essentially them trying to get back to the Betty to escape. Um, back to Earth while the aliens are after them. At some point in the film, um, Ripley is, is is I guess like I always I always heard that she's she was raped by an alien in this and she gives birth to an alien human hybrid. But the alien queen, she she does like she is shown in sort of a art- artistically vague way mm. to be get, being having sex with the alien, but then it's the alien queen who's pregnant with the hybrid. So I didn't quite get how that worked. And this is called, this has been called the newborn and it births and immediately kills the queen and is sort of the, the main villain for the last act of the film. Mm, um, She um, eventually kills. uh, And Richard, speaking of killing, I thought this movie killed. (laughs) I thought this is the, I, no one ever told me, how fucking hardcore alien <laughs> resurrection is <laughs> this has got to be some of the most grisly hammy violence mm. i've ever seen so let me tell you let me paint the picture to people for how the newborn is is eventually killed in the climax yep. of the film uh it keeping is keeping in mind that the newborn looks like a fucking son of godzilla the newborn is hilarious looking it's insane yeah it's it's like an alien body with like a human skull face but it can portray emotion it's so funny it's so funny quite a saccharine way (laughs) uh so the this alien um basically you know winona Ryder is being threatened by it and ripley goes and hugs it because she's its its mother um and she cuts her hand and then she splatters some acid blood on the window which makes maybe like a three inch in diameter hole in the window um and she goes hold on to something she says that to to call who's winona Ryder's character and then the newborn gets sucked up against this window but because it's like nine feet tall (laughs) 
its its back is up against this three inch hole in the window, and then it cuts to outside the window, <laughs> and you see this flap of skin flailing <laughs> in, in 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 the vacuum of space, and then that rips, and because that rips, uh, it it cuts to the front of the newborn, and its guts fall out its stomach, but then because of the vacuum, get immediately sucked back out the back, <laughs> so they go like they fall out, then immediately get sucked out, <laughs> and eventually every bit of this alien gets sucked out this tiny hole until it's last the only thing left is its skull which crushes into a thousand pieces as it also gets sucked out and i was like wow this is funny stuff. that i've never seen something like that in my life uh you actually have there's a very similar death in jason x oh really <laughs> Yeah. I guess it's like because I know that's I guess ha- like almost the almost identical. <laughs> well, it looked more graphic in this, um, <laughs> and I guess like because the I remember hearing like a real story of like sub people in a submarine who like accidentally opened a plug hole sized suction th- thing, and it, mm. it it said they would have died before they even realized what they did wrong because their entire being sorry to be grisly and graphic folks but it Mm. it sucked them out like a tiny hole before they even could have realized what was happening and i've never Mm. seen i know that's how it would work especially in space but i've never seen it portrayed or apparently i have but not as (laughs) not as graphically not the little skin flap that the little skin flap was was like what the hell is my watching here this is crazy (laughs) uh so i have somewhat of an affection for this movie and i'll say this about the alien franchise i think i had a great time watching a lot of these Mm, i think i think all of them gave me something to mull over and the nicest thing i think i can say about alien resurrection is that if you took the first alien um it is a combination of alien and aliens i should say as well because it's like trying Mm. to be both like a horror and an action it's cake and eating it too yeah uh, if you took if the, if you were to describe the horror of Alien One as being like elegant, you know it's very elegant told horror horror mm. movie. This take out elegance and replace it with uh, cheesiness, and that's <clears throat> Alien Resurrection. And in, and to the same heights with which Alien is an elegant horror movie, Alien Resurrection is a cheesy cheesy horror movie. Mm. It reminded me of Deep Blue Sea. Like it's very, very similar to Deep Blue Sea. It's very late nineties. It's very late. It's it's well. it's this spin-off of the um crew of a spaceship getting slowly killed off one by one genre. It's like it's like a degrade of that like a downgrade of, mm. of that genre because now it's like there's a lot more revelry um it all it kind of reminded me less of the mummy but of uh deep impact stephen sommer's other movie that's mm, sort of like right. the mummy um <laughs> there's a scene where like the crew are traveling and they have to swim through like this flooded kitchen to get to the other side and it's mm. like these this, this these are the kinds of stories this is this is maybe a very difficult thing to explain but these are the kinds of stories that i used to like play out on the playground with my friends when i was a kid we'd be like we're on the playground the playground's actually like a a sunken ship and we're trying to get out and you have to swim through this bit you know like oh no my little skin flaps (laughs) my skin flaps i mean like the the, (laughs) the aliens chase them through the water um Mm. and it's 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 not very scary but it's kind of like 
tense. Um, there's a there's a great character who's um, there's a character who's in a wheelchair, and one of the other characters has to wear him on his back as they swim through, and they're they're climbing up this ladder, and the aliens are chasing them, and they have to like switch spaces to like shoot them, and it's all very like. Um, it's you could almost call them set pieces, but it's less like like the set and more like scenario, you know. Mm, and scenario I pieces. scenario pieces, interesting scenarios <laughs> that the characters find themselves in. And I don't know, man. I was ready to just like absolutely hate on this and dogpile on it. I thought mm. it was quite fun. I thought it's it's like <laughs> it's not very good. Um, I remember a year ago now, someone in the Discord when um someone in the discord was really frustrated with the fact that i seem to have no reverence for good bad movies um Mm -hmm. and someone asked me are there any movies that i acknowledge are bad that i still like and that i don't secretly think are genius you know because there's there's movies where it's like i just think people don't get it and that's why people think it's bad i think Mm -hmm. this is the kind of movie that i that i feel that for alien resurrection where it's where it's like sort of very cartoony very silly there's a scene early on in this movie where ripley throws a basketball from over her shoulder and it gets goes through the hoop even though she's not looking and you couldn't get a better scene to signpost saying this is the bad one (laughs) because it's like it's like thinking like because it's like you think ripley's badass right well here's a badass thing she does with a basketball and it's like this is fucking stupid the like the original ripley was this like quiet understated uh character never touched a basketball in her life life. Uh, and it's just such a silly gaudy way of being like it's time to get badass um (laughs) yeah uh but yeah i thought i thought this is a lot of fun brad duriff is also in this this film mm, um, yeah you love brad duriff. i do love the, brad duriff. i it's interesting so the, the before landing on jean-pierre Jeannot, mm. there was um I, and I, I somewhat agree i think i i probably enjoyed it less than you but i sure. get where you're coming from that there is golden in their hills and i i the newborn especially does like anytime the newborn was on screen i was like this is fucking hilarious <laughs> so the it's interesting because you have the Ridley Scott, James Cameron, David Fincher. There were a couple other ones directors spoken to for Alien Resurrection. And to me, these feel more like the perfect, like, completing that pattern. Mm. So first one, the producer's first choice to direct the film, uh, who actually had a discussion with the directors, was Danny Boyle. Cool. Would have been yeah. a better movie if it was Danny Boyle. <laughs> yeah. Then you have, uh, after the usual suspects, Brian Singer was <laughs> uh, was approached. I not 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 to not to um, give him too much praise. I think Brian Singer probably has a very interesting perspective on something like Alien. Hmm. But uh, yeah, Peter Jackson was also approached, but he said he could not get excited about an Alien film. Hmm. Fair enough. He's got Lord yeah. of the Rings to going to pre- he, he's sorry excuse him he's about to become the third most richest director of all time yeah yeah excuse him give him a break give him Jesus. a fucking break how many times has peter jackson nearly directed a film in film franchise four nights it's insane he's yeah. it's it's the, it's the pre-lord of the rings peter jackson as yeah. well where they're like he's cheap but he makes like schlocky films james bond hellraiser like there's a couple Doesn't of others. That, yeah. there, there are definitely more, though, that I can't quite yeah. remember that he was attached to. Um, or or you know, approached, in, in talks. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
the if, I feel like he must have just done an interview where they're like, "What films did you almost direct?" and he just listed a fuck ton, and yeah, then the, totally. that's just become mine to be trivia. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 totally. So there was, as you mentioned, it was um, written by Joss Whedon, who also wrote a script for Alien Five, which was never used. Um, but yeah, his initial screenplay had a third act, which took place on Earth, with the final battle for Earth itself, and then he wrote five versions of that, and none of it ended up in the film. <laughs> Because I do, they they arrive at Earth at the end of the film, and I do think it's interesting to have a um, franchise that's all that's like so much of it is based around Earth, but this is the first time you actually see Earth mm. in the whole series. Um, I think, um, and I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, yeah. Also interesting who survives the movie as well. You, I, mm. Ron Perlman in this movie is like, ah, oh, he's gonna die. <laughs> this character, he's gonna die, I, and then he survives. I to felt the end. that in uh one of the other films was still weird to talk about so as did well. i i can't wait to talk insane. about insane insane <laughs> yeah uh and i know we both know who we're talking about but the joss whedon wasn't happy with the final film his quote here it says it wasn't a question of doing everything differently although they changed the ending it was mostly a matter of doing everything wrong they said the lines mostly but they said them all wrong and they cast it wrong and they designed it wrong and they scored it wrong they did everything wrong that they could possibly do. There's actually a fascinating lesson in filmmaking because everything that they did reflects back to the script or looks like something from the script. And people assumed that if I hated it, then they'd change the script. But it wasn't so much that they changed the script. It's just that they executed it in such a ghastly fashion as to render it almost unwatchable. Which is fascinating that mm. like, if he could watch it and be like, this is my script, but this is terrible. Mm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, there's like in X-Men, people always talk about the what is toad struck by lightning mm. line and that's another thing where it's like that was in his script but supposedly delivered wrong well they but removed earlier scenes which explained why mm. he said it why she said it uh, there's also a scene in this film where ripley finds a bunch of other r- failed ripley clones and one of them is mm. like gasping for for breath and is like kill me which i thought was the te- that made me get existential to be honest with you because i was thinking about like that ripley has had the same ex- would i ever be asked for death <laughs> well that 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 yeah. kill me ripley has, has had the same experience as this like that is that ripley has also lived the first three movies mm. presumably you know and still wants to die yeah um and then uh the the ripley eight it's because she the, knows she doesn't want to be in the, in the fourth one. <laughs> ripley eight who's the the living one uh kills yeah, her yeah, she did by by way of flamethrower which if mm. i was a failed clone of myself and i saw a, a proper clone of myself come in and i asked it to i asked him to kill me and then he pulled out a flamethrower i'd be like wait wait wait, wait. <laughs> can, can, can we do a different way <laughs> i can't think of a more miserable way to die than being flamethrowered to death to being flamethrown yeah i was gonna say thank you thank you <laughs> uh now aj Hmm. as far as i'm aware that's the end of the entire alien franchise unless i don't know do you have anything (laughs) yes richard i do i do have something richard because guess what everyone alien came back um we're of course talking uh so when did this come out 2012's aliens back aliens back (laughs) the final chapter the aliens back didn't fare too well in alien resurrection it got like sucked out a little hole (laughs) i mean it is probably worth noting that uh alien vs predator did happen between these movies um but i do think the conversations around these franchises uh benefit from being separated in such a way Um, jam on yeah uh, so the 
yeah so how many years later 15 years later we came back uh with alien no sorry with prometheus so i'm just <laughs> rearranging how my computer looks um with so ridley scott returns to the franchise 15 years later mm. in 2012 with a little film called prometheus richard mm. we've never done it this way before and it's completely thrown me uh <laughs> what do you think prometheus has on ron tomatoes i i know it's fresh but not super fresh super fresh so yeah it's, it's like mid 70s yeah 73 percent um and can you tell me what prometheus is about what's the deal so, <laughs> with prometheus, so prometheus- tells the story of it's like a a group of you know a, a ethnically diverse group of um they're not even actually ethnically diverse <laughs> um group of you know people on a spaceship uh, but the, this the they're on a mission to find out the origins of humanity to find out where mm. we in fact came from they're um there for the the wayland court which before it's become a mega corporation with yutani but uh, peter wayland is a character in this film bizarrely played by guy pierce and and like horrible old man makeup but i guess yeah, what he's pro- thought, probably supposed to be like 130 or something right so yeah i do want to talk about guy pierce playing um peter wayland because okay. i have a little story about that mm-hmm. but yeah they they go on to find and then yeah it turns out that it's the alien planet essentially <laughs> sort of yeah so it's like it's so, so the there's these big uh puffy looking dudes called that they call the engineers which um mm. you know cave paintings indicate uh created humanity um and they these engineers created a virus which is basically mm. what we now know as the alien it's this like if you breathe it in it gestates inside you and bursts out and it doesn't quite look the same because the alien we know it's like, they look like angsty teenage aliens <laughs> or when we see the one at the end of the film yeah yeah it's like it's supposed to be like this is i think because the, the, judging by how it reacts when it takes over the dog it, it like replicates a lot of the attributes of the host hmm. um yeah but they kind of look like squids the the um the things that come out of your chest in this one um and yeah it, pretty much everyone fucking dies except for um the two of the main characters um Shaw, who is this yep. sort of this Numi series Numi Rapace, sort of this series ripley um and a uh disheveled now only head uh david who is um <laughs> michael fassbender michael fassbender as an android who many would probably regard as like the the best part of these these movies i think i would uh, yeah he's sort of like um the charlie swan of the alien prequels (laughs) yeah what did you think of um there's probably a bunch of stuff we have explained and what's really annoying is these are very law heavy movies so i would Mm. probably recommend watching so we don't have to like fill you in on everything we're going to be talking Mm. about because i might get yeah it is interesting because that's one of the things that going in that i was like prometheus is gonna be fucking dense and it's like i don't have to follow the engineers and everything (laughs) like that and understand exactly what happened with them but i can i can still get on board with yeah and it's like that kind of that 73 percent on rotten tomatoes that it's like you've sort of said before that's like your threshold for like going to see a film or like you know thinking a film was worth your time yeah I, th- I think if you're dipping below 70 even though you're still technically fresh i'm like uh 
maybe I'll wait mm. for it to come out on, on DVD yeah, that like on home video. Prometheus for being a you know franchise that I'm not super attached to. It's yeah, it's it's interesting, and, and I saw people say it's like this is a good enough sci-fi film without being an alien film. And then you know, Alien Covenant ties them together a lot more. Hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think like I, I, I enjoyed it. I'm I'm partial to like humans out in space exploring a new planet. I think that's all very interesting. Mm. But like I thought I thought there was some really good stuff in this and some really bad stuff in this. Um and it fluctuates back and forth scene to scene. Um one example I've got is like uh Shaw's boyfriend or husband is is like one of the first people to die. Um, and while she's like on the operating table after like fainting, um, David sort of reveals he's evil to her and, and reveals that <laughs> he poisoned her, her husband. Um, or maybe he doesn't quite reveal that, but it's, it's very much like he shows his hand. Yeah. And I thought it was such a clunkily written scene, very heavy handed, mm. sort of like, it felt like, Oh, we need, we need her to realize David's evil at this point. Let's do a couple passes of the scene. And that's it. And I was like, I, it was at that point in the movie where I was like, this is bad. And then she yeah. finds out she's pregnant somehow. And she, she's like, I want it out of me. And she runs and goes to this um, previously established, check off guns, <laughs> um, surgery pod and has, has it remove the alien that's inside her. And I thought that scene rocked. And this is right yeah. after the scene where I was like, this is the worst part of the movie. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I thought it rocked. I thought it was so cool and so gory and just there's yeah. blood everywhere. And it's very like... Yeah. Uh, it's very visceral and i thought it was and then great. it's like once it's removed she's trapped in the pod with yeah this thing. fuck yeah man and then like as i say it fluctuates back and forth um there must be some hell of a hell like incredible uh <laughs> antibodies in the future because she staples her belly up and she is good to go she is <laughs> she is yeah. dodging out of the ways of, of like falling buildings she is like falling down stairs well, she's, she's getting as well as she, she <laughs> she's getting attacked by people for the rest of the movie all while her stomach is like stapled but like i guess still open <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. um and so yeah like this was if we haven't said this already this is written by david damon lindelof who uh is now some a a writer I very much uh, respect the work of, but mm. back in 2012, he's coming off the back of um, a very divisive six, six seasons of Lost, where he was mm. one of the showrunners on. Um, which, in his defence, I think a lot of Lost was thrust upon him. Um, I've been mm. I rewatched the series the uh, the last year and like. Uh, you know looking at various youtube videos about it and you see you see him talking about in special features where he's like every week i wanted to quit lost in season one um and but i think there's still a lot of like flaws as a as a storyteller that he seems to have overcome weirdly like to such an extent that i now think he's great um but when this came out yeah. it was like god damon lindelof wrote this okay why does he keep getting work and he, then he made the leftovers right after this yeah right um I, and and like in in what uh, is typical of Damon Lindelof as well is like a lot of stuff in this movie is really like over explained, but then a lot of stuff is really under explained. It's it's vintage Lindelof because this is <laughs> this is what was the problem with Lost as well. Like you want they they laid the groundwork for too much stuff that they couldn't answer all of all these mysteries. But then if they did answer a mystery, it'd be like a character just standing there explaining it to say, like, "Oh well, this wasn't very <laughs> compelling." <laughs> um, and so like yeah, it's things like 
like the, the film basically ends with the question if the engineers made humanity why did why because they the, it ends with them stopping the last surviving engineer from going to earth and destroying it and so it ends with the question why did they build us if they just wanted to destroy us and the movie ends with we're going to find that out and it's like ah oh, just tell me i want to know why and but but it doesn't explain that but then it'll explain like it's a pathogen they created like it's very like blah 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 kind of stuff um yeah. and and it's just it's so weird and i think uh this this is a this is a surprisingly different prequel and we've talked about prequels quite a few times especially mm. with all the prequel bloody prequel trilogies we've been doing lately um and this oh, has fuck's sake this <laughs> this has some very unique prequel flaws yeah uniquey preaky uniquey preaky flaws um where it's like i think i think its biggest sin is like oh now alien isn't just the simple story of a crew that got attacked the fucking by, alien, by an yeah. alien now it's like this complex network of like yeah, there's now there's engineers i have to worry <laughs> about oh. like i guess that's it right it's like a lot of the stuff is more compelling when it's mysterious um mm. and so that's sort of where i landed on it a lot of good stuff a lot of bad stuff i thought a lot of the characters outside of david michael fassbender's david i thought a lot of them were pretty dumb um one of my least favorite characters in the film was uh, Idris Elba, who plays the captain. He's got a southern accent, which is not an accent mm-hmm. you hear Idris Elba do a lot these days. Um, mm. And his crew, which includes also includes Benedict Wong, is one of his like main yeah. crew members. And at the end of the film, him, Benedict Wong, and another guy are the one the three people left on the mothership, and they're watching the engineer's ship fly away, and they're told it's going to destroy Earth. And so they all very calmly they do a holdover. Maneuver. Yeah, they yeah they do a holdover. Maneuver, they do they will very calmly sacrifice themselves. And I was like, I do not believe this. I do not believe these characters. Mm are the selfless they've been portrayed as like scuzzy mercenary type not actually mercenary but you know the the, that type Mm. like high job for hire gun for hire kind of situations i didn't believe that they would do something selfless like that um and i also found there's a scene where um charlie's theron who is like their their the suit she um she walks into this room and idris elba's the only one in there and he, he makes a pass at her and then she's like my room 10 minutes and i was like this is a deleted scene why is why is this still in the movie this this weird scene that establishes these two characters bang it has no repercussions on the rest of the script and like if you don't see the sex scene i don't know why bother why bother setting it up i guess like Mm. like i don't understand the like well actually i think it's because this scene happens when they've still got two guys that are trapped out in the temple they discovered and they needed a reason why idris alba wouldn't be in the control room to communicate with them when they die but like they'd just shown him a scene earlier being very flippant about seeing something on the radar that they might need to be worried Mm about i don't know it just felt very tacky and very horny but also not horny enough for it to be interesting so yeah i don't know it's funny like so watching aliens for the first time i messaged you about how like it is what when you see uh, like a scene you've seen out of context or you finally hear the like a line mm. that you've seen quoted everywhere you and it still has that like effect on you it's like yeah fuck you yeah, you know mm. that i had the opposite of that with prometheus that <laughs> i'd heard the two things i heard about prometheus are 
run sideways you dumb bitch and don't take your fucking helmet off yeah right and then when they take their fucking helmets off i was like what do you don't take your helmet off yeah and then in alien covenant they don't even fucking wear helmets alien covenant (laughs) i think is worse than the don't take your helmet off at least they explain it in alien and prometheus they go like yeah they're like oh you can breathe here like yeah let's just take our helmets off but it's like no, you don't know what kind of shit is in the air. <laughs> like, yeah. well, no, okay, yeah, the oxygen levels might be right, but don't fuck like. Is, oh, is taking God the helmet me. off even what goes wrong though? And in, in Prometheus, well, I mean, it, it is in Covenant. Yeah, I don't know like, if it is in Prometheus. But but it's still a stupid idea to take off your fucking helmet. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Other dumb character things in this. Mm. It's not very common to feature a Christian protagonist who explicitly states they're a creationist, is it? you wouldn't get that now so numi rapaces character like albeit she's a creationist that believes that aliens created her not god um but i just thought it was strange to be like like they explicitly say they don't believe in evolution in this film and it's mm. like oh god that's weird <laughs> to have that be the main character um and i guess it plays into the themes and this is an incredibly mm. thematic movie um there's a whole themes all over the place. a whole wikipedia page dedicated to the themes prometheus of course being the guy that tried to um take fire from the gods and show it to the humans and there's you know that's i i, I feel like there's there's a version of this podcast in which i would have developed a two and a half hour ted talk on the themes of prometheus but like it's pretty mm. standard ridley scott stuff ridley scotian yeah. <laughs> um you know it's funny. what is what does it mean to be human that sort of thing yeah yeah so you mentioned finally you mentioned ted talks there there's um because another thing that i knew about her huh? as intentional because mm. i know what you're gonna I, say. do you know about the thing yeah, that yeah, i'm talking yeah, about yeah yeah uh, yeah i did my research it's, it, it, you you messaged me weird... three hours ago and said, AJ, can you please do the research for Prometheus? And I did my research. I read the Wikipedia page. <laughs> so there's there was a, a it's called a viral video. There's a viral video released um, ahead of Prometheus, which features Guy Pierce as Peter Wayland giving a TED talk in 2023, and uh, because Guy Pierce plays Peter Wayland in the film, who's yeah, like you said, like in his in his hundreds, and he's. <laughs> you know old man makeup you never see guy pierce in the film and out of care you see him in alien covenant though but you yeah there's this this ted talk and so i'd never seen prometheus didn't really have any interest in seeing prometheus yeah i'd never seen it either i must have watched that ted talk 50 times right because you like guy i pierce. i haven't seen i've watched it in, in you know almost 10 years but i could probably recite most of it for you what drew you to it so much I have no idea. And then to never watch the movie that it's an, ab- yeah. an abject failure of viral marketing. Have you watched it? I think you've shown me it. Yeah. You have shown me it because I knew it was Guy Pierce when the old man appeared. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Who, by the way, does not, he looks like an old man. Have you ever met someone that old in real life? They are like, they can barely move. They don't sound very intelligible. Yeah. But he's like sort of bouncing around and like speaking very clearly. I was like, this is not. It's weird. Very yeah. clearly. Like I can I can yeah. I can believe that like he looks unrealistic because he's lived to an inhumanly old age. Mm. But like to be like and <laughs> he's still very sprightly. It still like, sounds like Guy Pierce. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Something happens to someone's voice when they're that old mm. that I feel like a lot of movies don't account for when they have old man makeup mm. involved. Yes, because he just he sort of just sounds like mm. 
Mm. This. Yeah. T.E. Lawrence. Yeah. Yeah. That's how the speech starts. Nice. Uh, we've been doing a lot of legacy slash distant sequels lately. Mm. We've done Coming to America, Bad Boys 4 Life. <laughs> <laughs> um, Anchorman. For me, three years. The, the legend continues. Uh, and, but this one puts all those to shame. It comes out 33 years after Alien. Only 15 years after Alien Resurrection, but I feel like it is decidedly more interesting in the first film than the fourth. Mm. Ridley Scott though had actually demonstrated interest in returning to the franchise as early as 2002 um he, what? he was saying that he wanted to explore the origins of the space jockey who's the ship they discover in the f- original alien film that has the eggs on it so th- this key element stayed you know 10 years later the movie prometheus comes out and that is what it's about so it is pretty interesting that that was uh mm. you know stayed well, one there. thing i think is really interesting about this as well is that like we went from this Ridley Scott started the franchise and then and then left it to now he's directed half the films in the franchise yeah totally totally that's that's great during uh development um Scott even as you we talked about before Scott collaborated with James Cameron on a project um and so I mean that that would be awesome if the two like heavyweights of the franchise made something together. Mm. But as you pointed out before, when Fox were like, "No, we're going to do Alien vs Predator," uh, Cameron bowed out and said uh, it would kill the validity of the franchise. Yeah, which I, I agree with him, even though apparently he you said he likes them now. Over the next 10 years, the untitled Alien project would stop and start. Different writers, even different directors came on board, um, and then Damon Lindelof was eventually given the job, and Fox said they would only greenlight it if Ridley Scott directed it, which is an interesting wrinkle in this process because that suggests to me he didn't actually want to. He wanted to get some other guy in, and they were like, no, we're mm, only doing yeah. it if you do it, um, which maybe explains some of its flaws, some of its its weaknesses. Um I kind of don't like that he directed it. I think it 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 besmirches his legacy a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. The original script was called Paradise, which was a reference to Paradise Lost, but it was changed mm. to Prometheus because Scott thought that the Paradise Lost connection gave away too much plot. Which is interesting because I don't know what Paradise Lost is about, but I do know what happens in the Prometheus story, which feels like mm. is also like a spoiler if you extrapolate it too much, right? <laughs> yeah. I understood the um, the film's marketing up until watching it and reading about it as being pretty hush-hush on it being an actual tangible connection to Alien. Um, And while press release comments were vague about this, like intentionally so, um, apparently the filmmakers did actually acknowledge it took place in the same universe as Alien well before its release. Um, And, you know, there's... Yeah, I I knew it was an Alien... I I, I knew that, like, the last shot of the film was a xenomorph. Right. And... Um, like I knew that just I've learned that in the last 10 years and I think I've looked up the shot online I'd seen the same before yeah yeah but the um but I think that it's like that was a reveal that it's like it's actually that tied to alien yeah yeah. was a reveal but it was like I think we knew going into it that it's like it was a shared universe it had the same sort of strands as alien yeah yeah and I mean the the androids bleed semen in this as well so that's a pretty distinct distinct connection um but yeah on writing a prequel 
I thought this was interesting. Damon Lindelof said, um, if the ending to Prometheus is just going to be the room that John Hurt walks into that's full of alien eggs and alien, there's nothing interesting in that because we know where it's going to end. Good stories, you don't know where they're going to end. A true prequel should essentially precede the events of the original film, but be something, be about something entirely different, feature different characters, have an entirely different theme, and although it takes place in that same world, this is really really fucking interesting to me because this is like a conversation topic we've talked about endlessly on the show like what makes a good prequel and i've never seen like an actual big wig address that Mm. question um and it's funny that in the conversation of of good prequels prometheus doesn't really often come up either when it's like seems to be the one where it took into consideration all the inherent flaws with doing a prequel yeah 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 but yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I agree that it has to include those things, but it is interesting hearing those are the priorities of someone who wrote a prequel to a very Gosh, famous man. thing. Yeah, James Cameron has seen Prometheus. This is what he had to say about it. I enjoyed Prometheus. I thought it was great. I thought it was Ridley returning to science fiction with gusto, with great tactical performance, beautiful photography, great native 3D. There might have been a few things that I would have done differently, but that's not the point. You could say that about any movie. However... Despite his praise, he also said he thought it didn't add up logically. It's interesting that the, interesting. that the the guy who directed the you know what you might say is the more meathead action heavy version mm, yeah, of the film yeah. is the one who's like the canon's not right. <laughs> and the last thing I wanted to say to ease us into Covenant um, is that Lindelof also said that the film, and this is related to what he said about prequels, said the film could run parallel to the Alien series and that a sequel would be Prometheus Two, not Alien covenant for example <laughs> yeah so what was the sequel <laughs> so yeah and and sort of uh we are sort of talking about both prequels in one section here mm. um but yeah in 2017 we did get alien covenant also directed by ridley scott do you know what this has on ron tomatoes because i had no idea I was like, I have no idea what those people thought of this movie. Uh, it's like about 60, right? 65. So yeah. lower than Prometheus. I thought it was better than Prometheus. Yeah, so did I. I, I quite liked Alien Covenant. Yeah. Uh, what is it about? So. 11 years later? Uh, yeah, it's years later. There's a, um, again, space crew, they're, they're off to colonize a new planet. They've got a bunch of new of colonizers classic 2000 colonizers asleep on board yeah and so they're gonna go to new planet and just fuck like like (laughs) nobody's business and then uh yeah they get this like weird thematically important uh take me home country roads which was like one of one of what three films in 2017 that used it was it really um yeah i remember at least two it was because it was in um kingsman golden circle as well and I remember people being like, "Why is?" <laughs> and then there was maybe there was another John Denver movie John that Denver. year, like, yeah. Um, and so yeah, it was like 2017 just went real hard on John Denver. But um, yeah, they go there and then they find the wreckage of uh, the the events of Prometheus, and yeah, the people breathe in the pathogen. Aliens get on board, and yeah, then uh, we find they've got in their crew. They've got Walter, who is another. In the newer one of the and David androids, so he's also played by Michael Fassbender. Then they find the original David, and then yeah, he's evil and 
yeah, wants to yeah. just breed all the aliens. So he's he's essentially like the creator of the aliens because mm. it's like if we find out where aliens came from, it's like David's just been fucking breeding them. Also, I did just remind myself of just one fun quote from the first Alien movie when their big thing was like, how do we get the alien on board the ship? And it was like, well, what if the alien fucks them? <laughs> Is that a it's like literally one of the one of the one of the writers or something was like, ah, yeah, right. what if the alien fucks him? <laughs> ah, nice. Uh, I found a letterbox list called 2017 movies where John Denver's Take Me Home Country Roads is used as a major plot point or set piece. It's by uh, Jack Anderson Keane. It includes Alien Resurrection. Oh, sorry, Alien Covenant, uh, yeah. Kingsman: The Golden Circle, and Logan Lucky. Oh yes, there is right. So yeah, uh, essentially it takes they get they get intercepted by by someone singing "Take Me Home, Country Roads," and it's it's Shaw who sent it. We later find out who um, at the end of Prometheus they went to find the home planet of the engineers because the planet on Prometheus was not their home planet, yeah. um, and so they go down and explore. Um, and two sep- they don't wear helmets. And they're like, where did all this wheat come from? Why is there wheat on an alien planet? Mm. Um, two of the characters in two separate parties, because they split up, are infected by the, these spores, which essentially birth an alien within them. Um, a bunch of fucking people die. It actually opens with um, a um, a pod, one of the pods explodes, which has the main character's husband in, in it, who we'll get to mm. later. <laughs> um and so like a lot of death in this movie everyone there's a lot of married couples that each of yeah. them lose a spouse in but it. i guess it's like that makes sense if you want to send people to a planet totally. to fuck it's actually a pretty good idea i think mm. to f- fucking i think it's a great idea uh so so uh, <laughs> in theory, yeah, yeah. while they're being attacked by these newly born aliens david shows up and is like follow me and leads them to the this sanctuary um but then you know turns out he's been breeding them and he tries to kill them all the ending is they managed to get the survivors back up onto the ship because uh walter who is also played by michael fassbender is possibly defeats david and then the end Mm. when they're going back into hyperspace after defeating another alien they got on board the ship as as happens in like four of these movies is that they get back to safety only to find that one of them hitched a ride uh and, and what was a really well executed way to show something i didn't really like in the movie um while she's in the pod the main girl who's played by the girl Catherine Waterston. yeah she's she asks um walter um will you help me build the log cabin that i told you about earlier in the movie and he mm. clearly doesn't know what she's talking about and she realizes it's actually david um and then he presumably goes she gets put to sleep and he presumably goes to like infect the 2000 colonizers well he, he he spits up some face huggers yeah and puts them in the um, em- puts embryos with the yeah but like that that scene where she realizes it's david and like she's being locked in a cryopod mm. and then and you know being filled with like gas to put her to sleep as she makes the realization and then can't get out in time I thought that was like one of my favorite scenes in the franchise. Totally. It's, it's ni- so well done. And Michael Fassbender is so good. And that was like just that bumped up Alien Covenant like a whole half a star, <laughs> star for me. It's- and because it's, it's right at the end of the film, it ends on this really high note. And yeah, yeah. it made me really be like, yeah, fuck, Michael Fassbender is so good in these yeah, movies. Yeah. 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 Um, I, yeah. I like this more than Prometheus, but I thought suffered from a lot of the same problems. Probably as mm-hmm. high a highs. Put a helmet on. 
um, put a helmet on, s- stupid characters. Though I do love Billy Crudup, who's a, a main character in this mm. film. Also, another Christian. <laughs> Second film in a row where a, a Christian is a main character. Um, and as I said before, we talk about this as well. So uh, the, uh, Catherine Waterson wakes up and and uh, they they wake they wake up prematurely because a solar flare interrupts. Yeah, so they've got the, like their emergency personnel. Yeah, yeah. To um to repair make repairs. Yeah, but um yeah, uh, her husband's pod, who's actually the captain, it uh, implodes basically, and he's burnt alive inside before he even wakes up. Mm. And then later, she's watching like a minute later, you see her watching like a video of her husband, and boo, it's James Frank. <laughs> and this um this was this my my letterbox review for the film was the james franco cameo gave me a bigger jump scare than any of the aliens in the film um also starring in this movie is danny mcbride who ladies and gentlemen survives the film <laughs> i cannot believe I, <laughs> I cannot believe you would cast danny mcbride in a ridley scott alien movie and then have him survive the film that's who you cast and you give like a really great death to or you make him mm. a really shitty character but he's actually kind of like a quite a sincere nice yeah. character and he goes through a lot like his wife gets killed uh and he survives the film <laughs> it's crazy stuff so it's mind-blowing so such unpredictable deaths in the alien series so the the my problem with the the david slash walter switcheroo right yeah. is that it's and I agree it's excellent it's an excellently pulled off scene but mm. like the off-screen switch that had to have happened I feel like we needed to see even in flashbacks see it in some way because I it, I just assume I I thought it was so obvious oh, that was going to be the so first. obvious I never, and it's, I never it's, it. it's painful how obvious it is and how long mm. they they draw it out for but um the because it's worth yeah like the when it's revealed to her that's also quote unquote the reveal yeah, to the exactly audience. exactly yeah. it reminded me of how we don't see captain america return the infinity stones at the end right. of the end game how it's like it's the scene which like i guess happens but it sounds like there's so much it's so interesting that it's kind how of does strange the soul stone? yeah how do we see any <laughs> of this and in this scene because walter's lost a hand by the stage and like they kind of have mm. different hair color as well so i guess i'm just wanting to know like the last thing you see is walter's about to crush david's head with a rock and you see david like slowly reaching for a knife i just feel like mm. the assimilation of walter's personality is is a bunch of very specific things that needed to happen and so mm. it it kind of feels like we needed to see it the other thing that annoys me about this and about Walter and David in general is, and this was pointed out to me by a friend, this is going to sound like some dumb IMDb trivia, but it was actually real life anecdote pointed out by friend is that the Android, the main Android characters in all the movies are named (laughs) Ash, Bishop, Call, David, and Walter, which gives us A, B, C, D, w <laughs> and i had no idea and what a great what a weird thing to do anyway but like you could have called him eric edgar <laughs> called him walter it is um that was intentional uh leading up to this point and then um but walter was named after a producer i saw right because because i'm like the only one where it would be even used as a plot twist would be call an alien resurrection that's the only mm. one that's that well you start with ash and alien but it's 
there's no pattern by that point then bishop is just yeah. told you're an android straight up and then so is david and walter so the only one where it's really a plot twist is cool um but it's it is interesting to me it's maybe the only tangible connection that like ridley scott has even seen alien resurrection is that he like well, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe it was damon lindelof but like that they they kept up the pattern of the alphabet I just think that's really weird and really interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um. Did you know this was filmed in New Zealand? I didn't until I, I pulled up the Wikipedia page to just like have it with mm. me, and then I saw yeah, it's filmed in Milford Sound. Milford Sound. I mean, it looks. I I had very, no idea. I have no recollection of them talking about filming beautiful. it here. I um. Now that I think back to it, yeah, the landscapes are very clearly New Zealand, mm. but the where's um, Milford Sound? Uh, Fjordland. Where's that? Uh, it's like um uh like west coast of like octago how often is shit filmed in the south island god oh uh fallout mission impossible fallout yeah quite often need to get in on some of these international film productions yeah Mm. but it's like it's alien covenant's so interesting to me because like it's ridley scott making an alien film and now like having watched the series Mm and understanding all this and that like yeah the original creator returning and making like with the same moniker as his original film and it underperformed like no one really cares about it like and and we'll talk about this when we talk about titles but it's like it's an insane titling scheme that they did presumably for branding reasons that also Mm. still underperformed yeah i agree and i think um yeah what i mean ridley scott has a history of bad like blade both blade runners have been poorly Mm. poorly uh performed and now they're getting a tv show so this was originally announced in september of 2015 to be titled alien paradise lost i remember that i guess they thought that would give too much away so they changed it to alien covenant two months later in november the weirdest thing i thought is that prometheus it basically invites like a straightforward sequel like sure is like right we're going to find the engineers yeah, yeah and then and it didn't even need to end that way it's just that's how it ends and it's like okay well, i guess we're getting a sequel but then alien covenant is such a backdoor approach to answering those questions mm. when it could have very just easily been the adventures of shore and david and that might have been kind of cool i mean she does the, briefly the appear yeah the head of david that does briefly appear in it when it's revealed that he actually like tested his the alien out on her and look the other the final note i've got here on alien covenant is that prequel trilogies are like all the rage at the moment Mm. despite never living up to the originals but i gotta say i feel like i can fill in the rest of the blanks myself like i don't think there needs to be a third alien prequel i think he during the time that they're in hypersleep david uh pretending to be walter plants plants enough you know either whether he's putting just facehugger embryos or even facehuggers on the twenty thousand on the two thousand colonists he's got the time it's like then they land on the planet and that's how the alien species is is born you know Mm. Hmm. yeah however is that the end is the question because it feels like it's not yeah so I mean, when we talk, we're talking about continuing the franchise here. It's like, <laughs> fucking hell. This is one of the densest ones we've had. Do you want to do a quick talk about titles before we 
because I feel like continue the franchise is when we start to end the episode. Yeah, and we've got to do a meeting of the elders as yes. well at some point. Yeah, so we talk about titles a lot on this podcast, and um, all I'll say on Alien Three for now is that it, you know, obviously it pisses me off to no end that there is no Alien Two, and then you've got one called Alien Three. I wish they'd called it alien prison or something like cubed that. or something like yeah that. <laughs> alien cubed well because they're kept inside cubes because they're prisoners very good uh <laughs> i think I, before watching these i was like god i wish they called it alien prometheus how frustrating that they didn't call it alien prometheus and they just called it prometheus and then the explicit sequel to prometheus is using another series as moniker yeah, is right, bananas yeah. to me but having watched them i now think that it should be prometheus and then covenant and they should right, have yeah, just yeah. called them that and you know you can call the next one whatever creepy biblical word or whatever you want or mm. mythological word job job <laughs> it's just called job <laughs> and yeah because alien methuselah well, well they're both prometheus and covenant are the names of the ships so presumably yeah. you call the next one the name of the ship but yeah i don't know i think alien I, nostromo i think well nostromo would be a cool title and probably one that would do well for the alien branding mm. i guess yeah i just think covenant is not a very like alien giving an alien covenant is like so strange mm. to me and so like you gotta pick one come on yeah 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 i'm downplaying how frustrated i am to save time oh thank you <laughs> uh so media the elders this is a segment where you can send us along your thoughts yeah if you pay if you pay us if you donate if you pay <laughs> to the cult elders tier at patreon.com slash cult um you can tell us your thoughts in a little secret discord uh server or the little secret discord channel where we discuss your thoughts what have we got from the elders today? so bliss my chest burster everyone's got fun alien names this week uh says ah what a classic sci-fi franchise having a badass female protagonist who battles face-hugging aliens travels to their home planet to eradicate the species and the queen before ultimately becoming a hybrid version of the alien is surely something worth celebrating way ahead of its time i mean great scott i mean great scott ridley scott that is I mean, great Scott, Ridley's orchestration of the events and the designs of the ancient creatures are some of my favorite ever. The classic curvature and Geigery designs create a first-class work of engineering extravaganza. I haven't gotten around to the prequels and I know that there's an entry or two that's particularly controversial and disliked. I don't know if I'll ever get to them. I would recommend them. Uh, and then they've also gone on to say Metroid is such a great series that's not to suggest Alien but written off Metroid it's totally the other way around and not a heathen rather I thought it'd be fun to curb that expectation and bring that up because it's quite fun also I recommend checking out the screen tests of the original costumes for the Alien creepy as hell Cheeseburster has said the only Alien movie I'd watched before this year was Resurrection insanely <laughs> Yes. I'd only remember the swimming aliens, which would have been cool with better CGI and instead just look silly. I watched the entire franchise over the summer in like a week. The first is an incredible sci-fi horror, probably the best sci-fi horror ever made. It's slow, but you get to know the characters immediately, they, immediately and they all feel real. Yeah, I'd agree with that. They complain about their jobs, their pay, and they joke around. The dialogue, writing, and acting is top-notch and has layers. The android doesn't just let the men back in because he disagrees with Ripley, but because this was his whole mission as you find out later is the alien franchise anti-capitalist yes the cheese most, most scene. of them are most franchises and, and artists yeah. i think are 
the chest burster scene stands the test of time it's frenetic and terrifying the aesthetic of grimy gritty retro sci-fi is so cool and something the newer alien movies unfortunately dropped aliens blew me away as i didn't really think a sequel would equal the greatness of the first but it did cranky up the action and the number of aliens are so simple but so smart more aliens more characters more action it fucking rules the cast is again so good alien 3 was surprisingly decent i don't like how they just get rid of the kid it's clear they just wanted ripley to be alone but i don't think that was necessary it makes the whole plot to the save the kid from the previous movie worthless i'll come back to this the action was decent the other characters mostly meh but the story worked for me the cast writing and acting is not as good as the previous two but i enjoyed it it's better than its reputation for sure alien resurrection was bad also interesting to note uh no colon in alien resurrection but there is one in alien covenant i could not get into it the writing seemed bad the story was awful i hate how this franchise treats ripley just ignoring everything from previous movies other than ripley's a badass the plot is kind of a confusing mess swimming aliens is a good idea but it didn't look great even winona was meh prometheus and covenant are so different that i thought they were interesting but ultimately boring didn't really care for the characters story was okay but scientists making really stupid decisions let's take our helmets off on this alien world that we've been on for five minutes <laughs> the aliens looked really cool but we went from gritty grimy mechanical sci-fi to really slick curved metallic clean etc it loses the character of the first films and not for a good reason in my on in my opinion nice i don't think we need prequels we didn't really need to show this shit this crud uh so many prequels are just trying too hard to explain everything but when we really yeah. just want to see interesting characters face terrifying monsters and struggle to survive i will admit maybe i was getting tired of alien movies but this point uh at this point but still totally. i'd rewatch one two and three and probably any any day of the week but would never revisit the rest that's interesting they lump in three with the first two i would say i mean it, it makes sense narratively that the prequels are cleaner because they take place beforehand so right uh, i mean you know before they get all dirtied up Vinny right. cubed said alien isolation is so fucking good the movies are all right we'll get to alien isolation in a second when we talk about continue the franchise but thank you for your input vincent dan from lv426 said hope i'm not too late gotta say super excited about this episode what a fascinating franchise that's been both consistent and wildly inconsistent at the same time big fan of the first three resurrection makes me so tired to even think about <laughs> with all the in- inane creative choices throughout prometheus i think people are way too cinemasins about that's yeah that's a good way of putting it and covenant i have no opinion uh no i have no option whatsoever besides michael fassbender being the best part of those two nice maybe it's supposed to be opinion uh gonna link a haiku or two to round out my old segment uh this is dan's haiku for alien four stars a slow burn first act fire the foley artist at least jones survived and then for uh alien covenant two and a half stars Hey, straight man McBride, Xenomorph is too well lit. Fassbender carries. And then their old review, Thief thief of Attention. Wait, Danny McBride isn't the comic relief? Thief of Quality with scenes like The Recore. Yeah, the light. I think I I might have to click on that to get uh, more of that review. Scenes like The Recorder. There are too many superfluous and self-indulgent scenes. On top of all that, the alien is shown too oh, too often and too well lit. Yeah. I fear the special effects will not age well. Thief of my heart. Michael Fassbender's performances throughout. It's good good point about the alien. I remember reading that at the time. People being like, "Why is it out in broad daylight? It mm. doesn't look as scary." Um, yeah, no, that's a really um, good point. And then they've clarified as well. Ah, for the above, please please only read the haiku at the top. Well, <laughs> I did not do Bonus. that. Dan. 
Um, should have put that uh, put that up top. <laughs> put up top. So re Foley artist, uh, the comment on fire the Foley artist. Uh, this was when I saw it in theaters, and the sound editing made me so angry. And I'm not exactly sure why. It just didn't fit the room slash atmosphere. Something would be in. I have many notes for that Foley artist, and then we've got one more. Paul Hill says Prometheus is an interesting sci-fi concept that didn't need to be an alien film. I love the idea of humanity going out to the stars to find their creator and being rejected. Yep, that's like mm. on paper, that's a good log line. Mm. The alien part of the plot doesn't seem necessary. Covenant, on the other hand, does a much better job of being an alien film. However, it comes at the expense of many of the plot lines from Prometheus. I'd love to see a third part in the series about David's experiments in God complex while tracking the engineers. Also, is there another main character who suffers a worse intermovie fate than Shaw? That's a yeah, good point true yeah she gets dissected and experimented on yeah pretty fucked mm. a meeting adjourned meeting adjourned and now it's time to talk about continuations of the franchise there's so fucking many <laughs> so one some that didn't um go ahead yeah joss whedon had written a uh, earth set script for alien 5 you mentioned their um about the, the whole James Cameron thing, so I can skip that, and the 2002 stuff, which is great. In 2014, uh, Sigourney Weaver said that she'd be interested in returning to the role of Ripley, saying, had we done a fifth one, I don't doubt that her humanity would have prevailed. I do feel like there is more story to tell. I feel a longing from fans for the story to be finished. I can imagine a situation will be finished telling the story. She said, I don't think Alien belongs on Earth popping out of a haystack, which is where I was afraid it was going to go. I feel it should take place in the far reach of the universe where no one in their right mind would go. There are very few filmmakers that I can think of that I would entrust this to. In 2017, um, it was the Fox was rumored to be reassessing the state of the franchise after lukewarm reception to Covenant, although there's never been an official statement. Um, and then according to collider.com there's going to be one more prequel film before a soft reboot consisting of a new series with new original characters new setting everything in 2019 CinemaCon, uh walt disney company now having acquired fox uh it was officially confirmed that future alien films were in development mm. in 2019 there was um really scott was once again attached to serve as director for a third prequel film which was said to be the script phase um he said in 2020 that uh work on is ongoing but it was undecided with keeping it tied into the plot set out in prometheus and covenant Scorny weaver expressed her interest in returning to the role uh with neil blomkamp's story which was the whole thing that he was getting doing an alien film and then not doing an alien film which was reportedly titled alien awakening which would tie to the first two films taking place after aliens and was going to involve uh newt and everything but they cancelled that uh, in favor of Ridley Scott's own third prequel, which is reportedly titled Alien Awakening. <laughs> yeah, so this Neil Blomkamp thing, this was such a big deal at the time because mm. everyone was like, oh my God, what a great director to cast for an alien film, which, you know, despite my reservations around most of his work, I think if yeah. you could tap into his, his District 9 self, I think that's a great director to attach to a third because this was going to be a ignore everything after yeah. two we're starting again um sequel mm. which this is the kind of franchise that has that treatment done to it mm. and i wouldn't be surprised if we did still see that someday um yeah and and we split off and, and have different timelines of of alien um yeah so i i still hold out hope for the blumkamp Version. Yeah, well, we are getting one, uh, which was confirmed in March 2022 that there's going to be a going to Hulu 
um, much like Prey, there's going to be a new film directed by The Feet himself, Fiddy Alvarez. Oh, The Feet! Uh, which is going to be produced by, by Ridley Scott. Um, apparently Alvarez pitched the idea to Ridley Scott years ago and now has the opportunity to make it. Do so we know if anything they else go about the, it? Huh? Do we know anything else about it? Not really, but if if they're going with the Predator-Prey titling scheme, what should they call it? A local. <laughs> yeah nice uh there's also uh, thank you upcoming- aj you just named my continue the franchise <laughs> there's an upcoming television series oh, by noah right. hawley yes. uh, which is going to be on fx uh, or fx on hulu with noah hawley and they developed by ridley scott so that's like kind of where the actual live action sort of stuff is at but then much yeah, like the chest got- of john hurt it seems like the alien is about to burst through into a more uh, uh, consumable entertainment. Aliens, and, and there's a bunch of alien comics, mm-hmm. um, and in comics, Aliens has versed Batman, Superman, Wildcats, Green Lantern, and Judge Dredd in separate comic Excellent. runs. There's, there's a movie called, I don't know if you came across this, Alien 2 on Earth. <laughs> So this was made in 1980, and it was made before the Alien was trademarked. Right. So they're just like, "Fuck, let's make a movie that's called <laughs> Alien 2." <laughs> that is, um, and then there's there's some games as well. Uh, Aliens, Colonial Marines, which is garbage, right? Like that's the one that's that just, like that's the one that just came out. No, it's so Aliens, Colonial Marines was like must have been like 2012. So like been around the same time as Prometheus. Oh, a very similarly titled game just came out like in the last year. The Fire Team Elite, maybe. Like literally, like it might not actually be out yet. I'm not sure. All oh, right, yeah, um, because the, the others. I remember Aliens: Colonial Marines just being like a garbage, like one of the worst games ever made. But then Alien: Isolation, that's supposed to be really good, right? Yeah, um, it is Fire Team Elite. Yeah, that I was oh. thinking of. Um, I, Alien: Isolation is too scary. You'd hate it, Richard. It's so hard to play. It's basically <laughs> like you're. It's basically Alien, in yeah. in video game form. Uh, it's got a really nice aesthetic of being like it feels very VHSy and it's aesthetic much like how the original ship felt it's not set on i don't think it's set on the nostromo i think it's set on a different thing and there's only one alien um but what does suck about it is that for some reason you're like ripley's niece or something i don't know why that's needed it feels so stupid to to make it that um we've played it as a flat a few times uh but no one wants to play it anymore because it's too scary (laughs) (laughs) so continue the franchise this segment now where we each can pitch our own continuation of the franchise Mm. and RJ, what do you have all right so i'm gonna pitch a video game similar to alien isolation Mm. uh uh, here's here's my thinking it's called so one of the problems i've always had with the titling scheme of the movies is that um you go alien aliens you've changed the title fundamentally you can't go (laughs) back to alien three now right and i've always i jokingly once said the title should be aliened like add add a different suffix to the end of the word alien yeah you you, you just got aliened yeah you just got aliened um but what i'm going to pitch you is a video game called alienation and it'll be in the same font, so that's how we'll know it's it's about Alien. Right, yeah. um, and what we're going to do, similar to when the Ghostbusters PS3 game come out, came out, we're going to say, this is Chapter 3. This is Part 3. Um, and because it's a video game, we get Sigourney Weaver back, you get uh, Hicks, you get Newt, 
everyone you know so you can overwrite mm-hmm. them dying in alien 3 um and it is about they they arrive i don't i haven't got the full plot worked out but basically it's going to be um I want it to, maybe it shouldn't be first person, maybe it's more going to be more something like The Last of Us or Uncharted, like a third person um, Mm -hmm. shooter sort of thing. But I I do want it to involve um, setting up camp somewhere on a a planet or maybe a spaceship um, where they eventually have to go out and, and eradicate aliens or or face aliens. And it will end with um, the, the final level in the game will be um and i wait before we get to that there's customization options you can you can dress up ripley who you play as as like all the different versions we see throughout the series you can get cool you know i love shit like that um and then pc modders will make a nude yeah absolutely very un-pc if you ask me Mm. but the last level is going to take place on what i guess if we're taking prometheus into account would be the planet in covenant i guess that's their birthplace they Mm -hmm. go there um and what the final chapter of the game will reveal is called alien nation so it's alienation and they go to alien nation nice yeah and and i didn't pick up that the that it was called alienation i thought you it was called alien nation no it's called it's called alienation and it'll be very scary i reckon it'll be um it'll i want it to combine the horror of alien with the action of aliens um and you know you get you get um sigourney weaver to voice voice ripley and it's going to be uh yeah it's going to be the definitive third chapter let's get some people who know the series and know what they're talking about on board to give it like yeah sure to give it to to like deal with it with taste and with class i think maybe Mm. a lot of the creators are maybe too close to it to to make Mm. like ridley scott is like obsessed with wanting to give it answers but it's like well what if we just tell a story that is Mm. um effective in all these different ways all the and and like picks up on and um elaborates on the themes and yeah this is all like what i wanted to do and not me actually proving these things but i like i like the idea of calling it alienation i think people would be attracted to that because it's such a famous uh name alien now that i think people would would figure it out um and and then (laughs) it has that double meaning that you go to the alienation at the end nice sounds like fun maybe you play as an alien in it fuck it. yeah fuck yeah fuck maybe these I, maybe these parallel stories where you also play as an yeah, alien yeah, yeah. my my continued franchise is like i'm sorry sigourney weaver i want to see an alien on earth <laughs> yeah sure that's all i want to see for this franchise but it has to be like in the 1980s or something like you like you have to go th- it has to go through a wormhole and you mm. know if you need it explained get a piece of paper fold in half <laughs> pop that pen right through and um yeah, and I, I want to see an alien on Earth. Just one alien. I think we don't need more than that on Earth. But, I mean, you know, it'll probably impregnate people. Well, you could call um, it Alien on Earth, and then you could what you do is for the second one, you write Alien on Earth, and then you go back to where it says Alien, and you put a little S and then a dollar sign. Aliens mm. on Earth. And then Aliens on Earths, where it crosses yeah, over yeah. the multiverse into parallel Earths. Yeah, yeah. That's Once the Xenomorph breaks the multiverse, it's over. <laughs> yeah. So there's a segment uh, now that we have to do called Ranked at Franchise, where we rank, we've got a rank list of you on letterbox.com slash just slash list slash FFF hyphen ranking. You can see our ranking of all the franchises we've covered. And 
where are we going to put Alien, AJ? So, 160th franchise we've added. Um, I'm going to put it somewhere near the top. Yeah, I think I had I had such a good time watching these, and like the bad ones are fun, which is something you can't say for like Terminator. Mm. Um, and the the okayish ones. I think. Well, where's Terminator's at 17? I mean, I'd probably comfortably put Aliens above the Muppets <laughs> behind the MCU, as like okay, so. as like I don't, I just think I think to consider it has a good sequel, which is like a massive, massive leg up for a, mm. a but also franchise. like on according to Rotten Tomatoes, like the two bad ones are still like over what like 40 percent totally is more than a lot of franchises, and it's got a it's got a prequel series which is at at worst interesting you know mm. like so i think i think this is one of the best franchises we've ever watched and i wasn't expecting yeah. that going into it and i just yeah, had a really sure. fun time maybe i had different kinds of fun <laughs> for different uh, reasons yeah. watching them but i just had such a fun time watching them and i don't think predator or alien vs predator is going to hold up to the same scrutiny but i mean i think alien and aliens are probably two of the best films we've watched for the podcast so yeah yeah nice well that's our episode on aliens that's aliens everybody and tune in next week and for our alien. predator episode um that which will include predator predator 2 the party the the uh, the, the tagline for predator 2 is like guess who's in town <laughs> or something <just> <laughs> <laughs> um then uh predators the predator and uh pray uh and then after that we'll do alien versus predator and alien versus aliens versus predator requiem mm. um and yeah stay tuned for that if you enjoyed this episode uh please consider supporting cold popture at all the places you can like us on instagram and uh twitter you can uh join the discord which there is a link to in the show notes and if you want you can uh support us on patreon patreon.com slash cold popture where you get to do all sorts of things like suggest which movies we watch the whole reason we're doing avp is because it was suggested on mm. uh, and voted on on patreon and you also get to contribute to something called the post-credit scene which will be coming up right after this music ends richard when when we're not recording no one can hear us scream this, this should be on the cold option drinking game bingo card is like aj tries to come up with a franchise appropriate send off at the end. sign off yeah, yeah i feel yeah, like yeah. i always do that i'm only <laughs> just realizing now that i always do that maybe i'm gonna yeah. attempt to do that intentionally now nice yeah Welcome along to the post-credit scene. Welcome along to the post-credit scene. Uh, this is a segment at the end of each episode where if you donate $5 or more over at patreon.com slash you get to give us something to talk about in this, the post-credit scene. Richard, what is it and who's it from? Uh, today's one comes to us from Greg Bucold, who says, what do you think are some of the best post-credit scenes in film? How should they be used for maximum impact? Comedic scenes after a tense ending, foreshadowing the sequel, wrapping up loose ends, etc. I think either do a low risk joke or yeah. something that's genuinely like intriguing anything in but like and i mean the mcu runs the gamut on this but like yeah you you got to know what you're backing what you're what you're teasing when you tease it mm. um yeah i mean for example of what are some of the best post-credit scenes in films it's i mean it's, it's always going to be hard to go past the original avengers one the original, totally. sorry um yeah. iron man yeah yeah that it's like you know introducing us to the world of post-credit scenes that's still the joke people make when it's like stated at the end of the credits because nick fury is going to show up and say elvis needs to join whatever yeah, you know it's the quintessential like, post-credit scene yeah it's the platonic ideal of a post-credit scene yeah and it's 
Yeah, it's um, yeah. I mean, that was that was unreal. Which can be contrasted with the worst post-credit scene, which would probably be something like Morbius, where it's a bunch of people who with half the rights of what they're trying to tease, uh, yeah. and, and <laughs> even less an idea of what they're trying to do. Mm. Um, so yeah, that that would be that'd be my answer for for the best one. But I mean, like things like um, things like uh, what is it? Iron Man three ending with bruce banner falling asleep to tony telling him the story mm. like that's fun as well um mm. yeah fear to that kind of thing yeah yeah one th- one i didn't like was the civil war one where spider-man's like shining a spider-man symbol on the roof because it was just yeah, like what right. does that mean yeah spider-man will return you can't get past fine i'll do it myself maybe the 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 fourth that. kind where it's just like absolute nonsense <laughs> <laughs> Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.